There we go. My hacky audio solution playing it from my phone. Welcome to episode 25 of Tech Over Tea. I'm, as always, your host, Brody Robertson, and this week's guest is a... Uh, I've wrote it down. <laughs> I, just, I, I had a script I wrote down and I just forgot to read it and started... <laughs> anyway, this week's guest is a trucker and he has a live show over on MSP Waves called Bonehead Media. Uh, Bonehead, sorry, Bonehead Media Live. Welcome to the show, Uncle Bonehead. What's happening? <laughs> That's about as much of a train wreck as you can expect from this show. I don't. I, I plan stuff out and then I just do something different when I actually start. But hey. Oh, I know how it is. Trust me. <laughs> the podcast is I, where I, I just do whatever I want. I don't plan this stuff properly. See, see, the good thing about podcasts is you can do editing mm-hmm. and doing a live, you're, you're screwed right out of the box. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I just realized I'm also my, using the wrong versions of my scenes. Whatever. Oh, no. No, I, I, oh. I darkened the background a little bit, so it's not that bad. Obviously, like the webcams are still in the same place. It just doesn't look as good. It's fine, though. I'll fix it. Maybe in post if I feel like it. Probably won't. <laughs> you're like me. Don't edit. Yeah, well, basically the only time I edit is there was one time where I accidentally, I accidentally showed a password on the screen. I was like, hmm, probably shouldn't show that one. <coughs> I did a uh, an episode of the self-hosted podcast. This was actual edited. I yeah, yeah. didn't even realize it. And I put it up on PeerTube and had it on library and three speak and i didn't even it was all about how to sign up for hive didn't even realize that my private keys were showing and it was up for like almost a month and i'm like "Woo! i should take that down yeah lucky uh <laughs> this is one of the times where i'm pr- i'm sure you're really happy that you don't have a super popular content because that would be real bad <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I quickly replaced it when i realized it mm. Just on the off chance that anyone paid attention to that. Yeah, exactly. I'm still trying to get signed into the library. <laughs> it's still not happening. It seems to be fun on my end. I've got the desktop app, uh, open just fine, but is library TV having some problems? Uh, it's looking like it. It's... Hmm, okay. Oh, now we got success. Yay. Woo. I don't know why you were trying to get logged in anyway. Well, I just wanted to look in on it. I hadn't looked at it for a while. The uh I it's on my other partition, mm-hmm. my Arco Linux partition, but it's not on this Ubuntu studio. Yep. So I haven't checked into it. Yeah, I have noticed that uh it's been like a month since anything went up on that account there. So are you actually uploading your stuff separately now? Or is it just a live show? Yeah. I'm I'm do I'm what I'm doing is because I'm big on Hive right now, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get them, you know, priority for right, my content. Okay. Then I'm going to do every place else. Yeah, later. okay, that makes sense. Just that kind of thing. Yeah, because I noticed your Try. podcast feed didn't have anything either. Yep. Yeah, so- that's. I did post uh, audio version of the couple of shows. Okay. And it's my 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 live show is now two hours long, so mm-hmm. it's pretty much a pain in the ass to edit because I play copyrighted music during the show most yeah, of the time. Yeah. Okay. So I've got to kind of edit those out. 
the stuff that I do leave in is not, either not copywritten or I've got the okay to play it anyways in a podcast. So mm-hmm. it's that that kind of thing. It's it's a pain in the ass because I'm only home from Friday night till midday Sunday. And then, you know, my show's Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Got to squeeze in time to be a dad and a husband and all that stuff too. Yeah. So, you know, I'm strapped for time. So it all comes out eventually. <laughs> Well, I was going to ask you about how you managed to manage your time because I did mention the intro just before that you are a trucker, so you work a lot. Yep, uh, about 50, anywhere from 50 to 70 hours a week. Jeez, okay. So how do you even find the time to do, like, is it just the MSP Waves show that you're doing at this point or are you still doing other shows? Oh, no. no I'm, I'm, well, technically it is the MSP Waves. Um the self-hosted podcast is kind of fading away a little bit. It's because it just started as a way for me to explore how to use why, you know, host mm-hmm. for self-hosting your stuff. And that computer that I was using burned up in a puff of smoke mm-hmm. and I haven't been able to play with it that much. So it turned into more of a checking out decentralized stuff like hive and, Oh, bitch, shoot, D-Tube, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got back into library. I, I remember library when it first came out three or four years ago, and it was like utter shit. Nobody would ever use it, you know, because it didn't hardly work. And now it's this big, huge, booming thing, and it's absolutely, it's awesome. Yeah. If you trust um, their numbers, they claim that they're the, uh, the biggest D app right now. I don't know whether that's correct or not. I Honestly, I don't know if it's correct, but I could. I tend to kind of believe it just by the sheer user base of it mm-hmm. and the amount of accounts that are on it. And there's all kinds of YouTube videos about it. I mean, so there's something to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they did do it the right way by getting the YouTube sync to get the users to come over. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Well, some the competition only, is better than no competition, that's for sure. Yeah. The only thing I wish that there was more emphasis on libraries is that it does more than just videos. Mm-hmm. Well, they yeah, are people. working on other stuff right now. Um, they recently released a new toolkit for making blogs on library. It doesn't have a way to uh, easily embed images and videos yet. You still have to write out the HTML tags yourself, but that's supposed to be coming pretty soon. So... Hopefully, blogging comes properly to library, and then hopefully they split it off into its own thing so you can actually find blogs. Is it? Is it? What would be cool because it's got you know it is a desktop app. Mm-hmm. It's also the protocol. If somebody could cut just like, see, I'm not a coder, so I couldn't do this, mm-hmm. and I'm probably talking out of my ass. But if somebody could take the library app itself, mm-hmm. the desktop app, and the Android app. And just copy it over and change, tweak it to where it showed blogs instead of videos. And it would be so simple. Well, and, you know, all they would really need to do, you could do it with the existing library app. You would just need to say, tag it as a blog and then just have like a separate blog tab or something like that. And just then you can right. easily go through blogs like that. Because I do like, as it's not a secret that I don't particularly like uh, Hive or Steemit or any of those platforms like that. I have my problems with the way they're set up. But what I do like about them is I do like blogging. Right. 
I, I that's what I like the most about library is that you could theoretically, if you was to do it right, you could make your own. It could be your website. Mm-hmm. You're, you're from your from your desktop app. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's the coolest thing about me. Sorry, I just got distracted. Distrotube's got a new video up. I was checking out the <laughs> DT's awesome. I like Derek. Oh yeah, I really do want to get him on the show at some point. I've DM'd him a couple of times um, back when my show was tiny, and he said he'd be happy to do it. But I was just like, when my show had like. 500 subscribers on library. I was like, hmm, I feel like I've just been leeching off of you just bringing you on the show at this point. <laughs> I know that feeling. Sorry if you could hear that. Discord bot just went nuts. Oh, I didn't notice anything. Okay. I don't know if it came through or not. I got the beep, 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 beep. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I, I think I saw... I didn't watch the video that DT put up just before, but I, wasn't it something about... Library pack, a uh, library, uh, Linux package management, or something like that. Uh, Linux fails and it's holding us back. The yeah. biggest failure of Linux package management. I yep. think that was something about judging by what people said on Mastodon. I think he's shilling for flat packs. So, eh, I'm not a fan, flat back fan. I don't, uh, he's got it tagged as app image, so maybe he's shilling for app images. I don't know. I haven't watched uh, the video, so. I like app images and I like the snaps, but snaps still have a problem for me because they take forever to open. Mm-hmm. And if I want that, I'll use my Android, you know, cause you know, that shit opens like I can hit the, hit the open button and I can go brew a pot of coffee mm-hmm. and then come back and maybe it'll be, be to open, but they're cool in concept, Yeah, but the app images, they just work. <laughs> I haven't even bothered at looking at app images yet. I really should do that. At least on my machines. Yeah. It, I've got a Dell. I don't know what this Spirion. Oh, yeah, it's an yeah. i3 with 16 gigs of RAM. And for an i3, it does everything I needed to do, but I need to go back to my i5. Mm-hmm. Got to have RAM for it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm running uh, something a little bit more powerful than that. I've got my Ryzen 3600X, which it's it could be overkill, but also I don't want to wait like a couple of hours to render my videos. So because <laughs> Caden Live Render- doesn't have GPU rendering for whatever reason. Uh, I, I I've gotten into using Shotcut mm-hmm. here lately, and I like Shotcut. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's, for my workflow, it's a lot easier. What I end up doing is I, I use VidCutter, mm-hmm. and I'll go through and I'll cut out stuff that I want to keep and then just stitch that together and shotcut, throw in a couple transitions, and Viola, I got a video. You, do, you don't do too much editing, but you do way more than I do with your stuff. <laughs> it's it's not super good. Mm-hmm. I like trying to cut out as much bloopers as I can. Yeah. And then maybe put the bloopers at the end or mm-hmm. make it a whole thing. Used to back when I was in the centralized media stuff, I, on Instagram, I would do like, you know, cause you can only do like one minute videos and I would just do short, funny, stupid jokes and shit. And I just stitched them all together and put them up either on YouTube. I got a couple on library and it's, 
those are fun to do in the in the truck mm-hmm. because they're short, yeah, and fast, and they did get a lot of reactions, but. It's a trucker thing, I guess. <laughs> you must be like you must have been off Instagram for quite a while because you can do longer videos on Instagram now. You've got oh, this, have it? Yeah, uh, you've got a Instagram TV now, which is it's it, not, so, I don't know what it's supposed to be. It's like a long form vertical video for some reason. Really? Mm. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It but because it's the Instagram crowd, it has to be <laughs> very punchy like it is a one minute video, so it's hard to make good content that actually fits into that sort of ecosystem right well i i deleted my instagram not long after i think it was like episode eight Mm -hmm. of the self-hosted podcast and i started the self-hosted podcast a little over a year and a half ago so it was episode eight i was doing them weekly then so Mm -hmm. it was right about Right about a year ago when I deleted the Instagram. You're not really missing out on much. There's not really much going on on Instagram. I didn't think I was. <laughs> I have a post. I'm still on Mastodon. I haven't mm-hmm. actually posted on Mastodon for a while. Um, my biggest problem with social media, period, is everybody thinks that opinion is a fact. Yeah. And I can't deal with that. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's too many people who are in their own little world as if they are the the center of the universe, and I. uh, Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I try to avoid getting into discussions with people. I will post something on, like Mastodon, Twitter, whatever, and then I just leave. Maybe I'll go and reply to people who reply to me, but I won't join in on other people's conversations. Like I don't, I genuinely don't care. Just. Go do whatever you want. Do a little drive-by posting. Pretty mm. much. Now that I had somebody tell me to try Gab. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'll give Gab a try. I was literally on Gab for less than 24 hours before I deleted my post, my, my account. All I did was make one post about a truck stop with a great restaurant in Arkansas, mm-hmm. saying that it was a great restaurant, home-cooked meal, and they called stopped you- there they said that you were a Jew and you were being paid by Soros. Kind of. They, the, for, for, the only comment was Trump Trump is a racist and you're a Nazi. And I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with a restaurant in Arkansas? And I deleted it. And it's just like, seriously, dude? God. I guess I must be, just be thinking of a uh, bit shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find some of my BitChute comments. Like, some of them are so bad. <laughs> I am on BitChute, and I haven't posted anything for oh, ever. But I do have a friend of mine that does a daily radio show mm-hmm. on BitChute. And he literally, all he's doing is literally, it's very radio format. He'll play a couple of songs, say something, mm-hmm. and play more songs and it's an hour long every day monday through sunday through monday and he literally gets some of the dumbest emails and comments but he's got like five or six hundred people that Mm -hmm. that, you know subscribe to him or whatever he used to actually run three radio stations on radio honor yeah and he he was big i mean he had an average of four thousand listeners an hour and this 
<laughs> the shit he gets on Ben Street just cracks me up. And I think he just turns it into a trigger show sometimes. <laughs> just to trigger people. <laughs> Okay, I found one of my. I went. I had to go back because bitch, it only shows you your last three notifications. Um, so I did a video about the Windows Package Manager, and the first comment I got on that was, "I wonder if Bill Gates' forced vaccines will need as many updates as this piece of shit Windows." And I have other ones that were like saying, asking if I'm a Jew because I talk about proprietary software. Wow. Okay. <laughs> like that's got anything to do with it. I, I love BitChute just because the comments are just always terrible. There's not a single good comment on this platform. No, it's almost as good as YouTube comments. I, I actually do like the YouTube hater comments because once you start thinking about those people as just really sad people who have nothing good going on for them in their lives, you start feeling bad for them. Yeah, just hanging out in the basement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just wonder what to do. Because I know that if you go on Reddit and you check someone's comment history, if you find someone who's just being a massive ass, most of their other comments are them being an ass. YouTube, though, you can't go back and check people's comment history. I bet if you did, though, you would see exactly the same thing. <laughs> oh. It is very sad. It is. But what are you going to do? It, at, least, at least libraries typically better when you get comments yeah. on there, but most people don't really comment just because notifications aren't a thing yet. Soon, TM. Soon. Eventually, maybe. You get distracted again? Look. Yeah. Just looking for the analytics. Would they have moved? <laughs> Come on, you stupid. There, there it is. Boom. Ah, it's up to 164 followers. For what one? Probably be if I'd actually post stuff on there. I'm just, it's just... My my most viewed content is still the best coronavirus memes. Of course, yep. And I think that's because of uh, Michael H. His song. I used his song for the, for ah, the yeah. music. Oh, on library. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that song. I got it on my phone. I, it's a great song to be running 75 mile an hour down the road listening to because mm -hmm. the dude played play guitar really, really good. And the Jesus Christ, Discord. Oh, you broke again? Likes to do that. No, it's yes, yeah, the stupid bot. Oh. What is this <laughs> what is this Discord bot you keep talking about? And there's uh in one of the, the hive servers, ah. Discord servers, they they've got a bot that for tweets they go out for yeah. a certain keyword. And apparently there was a shitload of them just then. <laughs> So, you know, I've, I've got some topics on here. So why exactly, oh, what actually got you to Hive? Like, how did you end up discovering Hive and what made you decide that you want to start putting content on that? I'm going to blame Scott C. Business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, it, it's Scott and, and Bryce Crypto they, and, oh, Girl Gone Crypto. Mm -hmm. I've been watching them for a long, long time. 
on YouTube. And Scott's always talking about, you know, getting into the crypto thing. And I hit him up a couple of times, talked to him. And I was just looking to get into something. And I wasn't really interested in crypto for the monetary thing. Sure. But I was, I, I wanted to get into the social media and the dApps and all that. The library was my, technically my first, sorry for hitting the mic, was my, technically my first crypto love. Mm because i've never had any experience you don't have to have any experience boom you're getting getting crypto just by using it mm -hmm. and hive is basically the same way you know interactions earns you the crypto and i was kind of tossing between steemit and hive and it was at the same time that their hard big major hard fork was going on and I was like, well, I'll you know, write about what Justin's son did and kind of his asshat move with Steam. And from what I, everything I read about Hive being open source and there's like no CEO and everything, I'm like, well, this more aligns, aligns with my philosophy. And so I joined it mm -hmm. and kind of just hung out on it, didn't really do anything for a while. And then it's just like a month or two ago, it was like, you know, I'm going all in. I'm just going to make my content, you know, not exclusively, but priority. Yeah. Because yeah, okay. I, I still like library. I want to be on library. It's just that I'm getting so much time consumed learning about stuff and doing stuff that what I like the most about Hive is that it's, you basically have a, I, I think of it like an RSS feed, like a podcast. Right. You got the blockchain, that's your RSS feed. And it doesn't matter what front end, front end you're on, whether it's three speak, hive.blog, PT, whatever, that content comes to you. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what you're actually using, you're still getting the content and you're still able to interact with everybody else. And it, once, I, once that clicked in my head, the decentralization isn't the app the decentralization is the user mm -hmm. and that's what kind of i was like dude i like this better than facebook and twitter and instagram and snapchat all that stupid shit that just turns us into products <laughs> so hive's got itself set up in a position that library keeps claiming that they're in where they're a a like a, they have a like decentralized system but they only have their one app Hive already yep. has the existing interfaces that you can connect to the, the same blockchain with. Right. See, see the, the biggest problem I see with the library is that it is just the one thing. It that, can be the same thing Hive does. The problem is they don't have it, that. But nobody else is doing it. And it's like everybody's relying on Library Inc. to provide mm -hmm. that stuff. And for me, it seems like they're the governing thing over everything. Mm -hmm. But they're, technically, they're not. Anybody can go make their own version of library.tv that they want. Or they can, you know, they can, as long as they're using the library protocol, everything will show up. But my problem is nobody else is doing it. <laughs> that actually does lead into this. I'll, I'll come back to this in a bit, but there actually is another thing that is popping up. Um, but we'll stay on the, the Hive story for just a bit. So 
Okay. I've talked about why I don't particularly like Hive or Steam. They both have the exact same problem. And that is, this is why I don't think they're ever going to become anything more than little niche platforms. Obviously, they're great as that. But the problem they have is they have too many keys. And no one wants to deal with all the keys. Right. I can, I understand that. The, the thing about the keys though, you don't need all of them all the time. Sure. To interact on, on hive, you really only need your posting key. If you want to do something with your wallet, like, you know, trade crypto or whatever, or convert, you got to have your, your, your active key. Mm -hmm. And your owner key is not supposed to be used for anything unless, you know, for, except for account recovery. Mm -hmm. So it's like a password, uh, super user and a master. Yeah. You know, there's, then there's another key called the memo key. That's basically just for encrypted encryption of messages. So if people would, if people didn't focus on having all these keys and they just wrote them down and saved them somewhere, preferably not on their computer in a plain text file and just, you know, wrote them down on a piece of paper, mm -hmm. just like any other kind of transaction for crypto. It's they're responsible. You're responsible for your own protection. Yeah. I, I get it from that, from like that side. But when I'm thinking about someone who's a bit less techie, mm -hmm. Uh, like someone me. who, yeah, well, you you dived headfirst into it, but people who are sort of like they use a computer, I'm but they don't really pay too much attention to like what they're actually using. Those are the sort of people where I think won't really understand the uh, the difference between these keys and why you need all these keys. And I know people who just forget their passwords just every other day. Like it's a great yep. system, but outside of the very techie people, people like you who dive headfirst into it, I don't think it's really going to expand outside of those groups. Excuse me. I understand that. And, you know, like with library, okay? Yeah, you got to have the password, mm -hmm. but you also got to have an email to do that. You don't have to have an email anywhere to have I. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is get those keys. Once you get those keys, it's... Those are the only four things that you have to have to get around and interact with anything in Hive. Mm. Like uh, if somebody was to make a another like library dot blog. Yeah, yeah. Is there's no you'll have to have a different password for that. Correct. Uh, yeah, I believe the, somebody, the, the current login system is centralized with library uh, Inc. Yeah. See, see, that's to me, that's not decentralized because mm -hmm. you're relying on somebody else to keep your password yeah. in a database, encrypted or not. You know, if it, but when you got the keys, you're relying on that. Oh, I'm not arguing yourself. that Hive is not decent. Hive is much more decentralized than library is at this yeah. point. But yeah, it, it's going to have some. But, Hurdles to come to over. me, that's, that's the selling point to sure, me. Sure, yeah. It, my security is in my hands, yeah. not some company, whether it's Library Inc. Mm -hmm. or whether it's Google Google Alphabet, whatever they're centralized, central. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I what you're saying, yeah. It's, it's even with like Mastodon and PeerTube and all that, yeah, it's decentralized because it's federated. But you're still relying on somebody else 
if you're not hosting your own instance. Yeah. So you're relying on somebody else. Mm-hmm. To me, that's, to me, that's not the definition of decentralized. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I get where you're coming from with that. And if you can, if you can get people to understand this distinction and understand like the usefulness of the keys and, uh, I guess what the uses of the keys are, you can branch out a bit. But as I said, I I think that's a a pretty massive hurdle to overcome. It's it, for the people who are really interested in decentralized stuff. It's it's going to be a great choice, and I think it's always at least in the techie crowd, it's always going to have a position there. And I think it will expand pretty much as much as it can inside that crowd and anyone who has any interest in decentralization as well. Well, I can, I can, I can tell you from personal experience that being 50 years old Mm -hmm. and half a century old and not hardly knowing anything about computers, but I have been into Linux since 2010. Yep. I'm the kind of person that will open a terminal and copy paste commands on knowing, not knowing what the hell they do. I've, I have done the RM command in a terminal one time just to see what it did. (laughs) (laughs) I, yes, I reinstalled, (laughs) but I'm I'm planning on doing that live on the show one of these days. Mm -hmm. As soon as I get a cap, (laughs) because <laughs> i've got this chromebook sitting over here running gallium os oh, yep. i just want to just want to fuck with it on live on the show just for you can get some pretty cheap uh like usb capture cards there's one for like 30 dollars yeah. you can get that a couple of people yeah, are using. i've seen i've seen uh epos box how do you pronounce it uh, i think it's epos box yeah he he did a couple of reviews of a couple that was really really cheap and they actually work mm. well, yeah that's fun. always good so i'm just gonna i'm gonna get one of those and just just have fun you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing yeah yeah but not knowing how stuff works and you know when it comes to the internet but i, I understand how things get hacked and people are lax believe me i've got friends that think facebook is the greatest thing ever and I've also got friends, you know, older friends that are like, what the hell is Facebook? Mm-hmm. And I try to explain to them that they're not private. You know, they, they say they're private, you know, but your, your shit's, you're, you're a product. And eventually though, they're slowly starting to understand because they'll go out car shopping or something. And then they come home and get on Facebook and look, oh, there's a Dodge ad mm-hmm. or Chrysler ads and GM ads all over Facebook. And then they'll go to the store, to the grocery store, and they come home and there's scope and toothpaste ads. And they, they're like, gee, these guys must be really good. I was just looking for that. And it's like, no, you were tracked. <laughs> yeah, everyone my age already understands. Like, if you have your phone anywhere near you, it's probably listening to your conversation. And if you talk to your friends about something, you're going to get an ad for it. Yep. And, and you know, they, they do the, hey, Google, you know, and oh, yeah, I think no. it's the greatest thing ever. You know, it's like, dude, no, <laughs> don't talk to that thing. <laughs> but if, 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 if they can understand that they got to have passwords to do this, that, mm-hmm. and the other, 
they can understand they got to have the keys sure. to, to navigate on high. And once they figure out that they only got to have those four keys and one of them is the only one that they got to have all the damn time, they'll, they'll get it. Sure. Okay. Eventually. But eventually, like, it's like everything else, like, you know, Mastodon, I thought Mastodon would be huge by now. Yeah. But it's still not. And the number one reason is you got to host it yourself well, if you want to really be decentralized. I don't think that's the reason why it's not taken off. I think Hive actually does have I, this problem as well. It's it's sort of a problem with decentralization. People are sort of too used to like a centralized entry point. So mm-hmm. having all of these different points of entry, it can, ends up confusing those people who aren't very techy. Uh, you can obviously train people to be used to that, but when people are used to going to YouTube.com to watch videos, when you say, hey, you want to go to PeerTube, you have to go to that specific PeerTube instance that has the videos you want to watch. Or if you want to go to Twitter, it's Twitter. But if you want to do Mastodon, it's all of these different instances of Mastodon. Right. They're not, they don't understand all the, the, the federation part of it. Mm-hmm. But the biggest problem is, like you said, the central, they're used to the centralization because that's what they've been trained to do over the last, what, 20, 30 years. Yeah. And that's what we've come to expect is we get free shit. Mm-hmm. And when they figure out that they got to pay for a server from GoDaddy or HostGator or whatever to put an instance up, they're like, I got to pay for that. What are you nuts? <laughs> you know, and, and that's that's the problem. You mm-hmm. know, they seem to think that the internet is free, and mm-hmm. it's not. It never was. Somebody's paying for it somewhere, and you're paying for it somewhere, usually with your data mm-hmm. and, and your life. <laughs> I hope it's not too much of my life. I need. I kind of need that one. Well, what I meant is by your lifestyle. Yeah, I your, get what you're saying. Not, not, not your flesh and blood, but... You not, know. not yet, at least. Well, it could be on the dark web. I haven't explore, explored that yet. Well, with biometrics, you're going to pay with your, at least party life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got the, the, the fingerprint and the, uh, the was that the near, NFC? Mm-hmm. The Google Pay, Apple Pay stuff that works in the NFC? Yeah. That would be cool. But I don't, I don't really know. My screen just went to sleep, so I hope I didn't get out. Yeah, I don't particularly want to attach my credit card to my phone. No, I've lost Absolutely. my phone before. I don't want to do that. That's a bad idea. Dude, you know how many phones I've gone through in my life? I ha- driving truck. <laughs> oh yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. Did you guys have the Nextel phones down there with the push to talk, two way walkie talkies? Uh, what'd you say? Was? Like I'll, I'll find a picture. Nextel. Nextel. They're now they're now Sprint, I think. But they used to have a, uh, a like a two way to- walkie talkie type thing. It was back in the late nineties, uh, early two thousand. Yeah, that's a little before I got a phone. But I had one of those for work, and uh, I did a lot of back and forth between Grand Rapids and Flint. Mm-hmm. The hauling auto parts and i was you know just go and drop a trailer and then go i was talking to the boss on the two-way walkie-talkie on the phone and doing something i was changing a tail light or something on the truck because i'd already dropped the trailer mm-hmm. and i just set the phone down on the frame of the truck 
went got back in the truck and started driving. Mm -hmm. I drove like three blocks before I started looking for my phone. And I'm like, oh, shit. I was lucky enough. I walked back there, you know, and it was still sitting on the inside of the frame rail. <laughs> but if I had got on the highway, the thing would have been, you know, little bitty ground up pieces of plastic. But I had one time I was getting out of the truck and I dropped the phone and it out of, I was holding it in my hand talking mm -hmm. and I dropped it, hit the step of the truck, bounced down to the second step of the truck and then into the snow, like six inches of snow. And I had to dig around like I was digging through muddy water, looking for it, found it. And dude, I, I just last year I broke my LG G6. And it just, I've dropped that phone probably 150, 200 times. And it never cracked, never had a problem. But one time I drop it on a gravel parking lot mm -hmm. and it hits one little rock. And it was in, it was almost dark, you know, but not totally dark. And it hit the, hit the ground and I could see the flash oh. of the screen. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> and I was, I'm sitting there, crap, how the hell am I going to call anybody? Because I was all by myself, you know, and it, it was one of those things. Mm -hmm. But I got this OnePlus, and I like this OnePlus. Is that that's your current phone? <clears throat> yeah, it's a OnePlus 6T. It's not, yeah. the, not the latest, but once I get this one paid off, I'm going to jump up to the 8 because it looks really good. Yeah, I'm, I always buy my phones outright. I always buy, like, pretty mid-tier phones. This one is a, uh, a real me. Uh, I don't remember the exact number, model number. Uh, I think this was like 350 Australian, which is probably 280 US, something like that. Really? Yeah. I've never heard of that. It's, uh, it's a Chinese brand, so it's probably stealing all of my data, oh. but I don't know. <laughs> Stay off of TikTok. Oh, I've, I have a few people at work who are like, hey, you should get on TikTok because I work in a supermarket, so there's a lot of younger people there. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I, I've got, you know, I understand, you know, people want to watch TikTok and yes, yeah, some of it can be funny and entertaining, but probably 80, 90% of it just does not look very interesting. Well, it's gotten better now that a lot of the uh, comedians have jumped on it. Back when it was just kids uh, dancing and stuff, it was garbage. But then the comedians like, wait, there's all of these people here and we're not making content for them. Yeah. What are we doing? I, that would be good. But what it, to me, what TikTok is, the modern day Vine. Well, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It is. Vine was good, but it wasn't all that great with dancing and mm -hmm. stupid shit like that. I want to see that. I'll go watch YouTube videos and, you know, the, the, the fail videos or whatever they're called. Mm. I haven't really yeah. been paying too much attention to what's been happening with TikTok. I know there was the, um, the US ban that was being proposed or went through or something. I don't know exactly what happened with that. It's, it's not banned yet. At least as far as I know, so, uh, there's several different stories. You know, the, the story, the official story, I guess, is that President Trump was saying that the Chinese government is stealing, you know, data from it, and of course they denied it. And 
Microsoft says they're going to come to our rescue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, right. I forgot that Microsoft's going to buy it, aren't they? Yeah, but the uh, the the story I hear because my wife and daughter are big BTS. You know who BTS is, right? Uh that the South Korean Korean band, band. Yeah, they uh, the art BTS Army is the one that got the got had something to do with they got. Trump from twin trending or something or some stupid shit. But mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the, the unofficial story that I heard. But that's BTS fans. <laughs> Don't keep saying BTS because they'll start commenting on this video. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I just kind of, you know, happy wife, happy life. Mm-hmm. Just agree and go, okay. <laughs> I yeah I don't know what the deal is with TikTok. It obviously has tie, uh, ties to the Chinese government because so does every Chinese company. But yep. wh- whether it's a Chinese spying tool, I have no idea. I we can't look at the source code, so I couldn't tell you. No, that's the biggest problem. You 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 can't look at the source code for most shit mm. out there. And even though I I I can't read code. But at least, you know, I if it's there, I feel a lot better because I can look at it. Sure. Or anybody can look at it. Somebody that knows what they're doing can look at it. I can look at something and go. <laughs> just nod your head and agree. Exactly. You know, I can just you know, make it look like I know what I'm doing, but that's it. Mm-hmm. But at least I can see it. So that makes me feel better about it. Sure. So apparently... TikTok won't be banned in Australia after the government deemed it does not pose a national security threat. Probably because we have lots of ties to the Chinese government. We don't really want to piss them off that much. Most of our country is being bought by China, so I could do an entire episode about... There's there's reasons why Australia doesn't like China, but... Yeah. There's a lot of reasons why nobody likes China. Well, the problem that we have is... A lot of our um, a lot of our properties and a lot of our land is actually being bought by China. Ah, uh, okay. I will say one thing: you guys got some awesome shows come out of there, mm-hmm. TV movies. Because I, I watch a lot of shit on Netflix because that's you know what I do. Sure. <laughs> During the week while I'm driving, or not driving, but when I'm getting ready. Yeah, you know what you get while you're driving. The. Uh, Oh crap! I can't think of what the name of it is now. The last one I watched, it was a something about a cop in a in a small town and uh-huh. people coming back to life. It doesn't ring a bell to me. I don't watch that much. Uh, that many TV shows. There's there's several of them that are pretty good, but I'm just weird like that, I guess. Well, the extent of my here's a TV show I have seen. The extent of my knowledge on trucking basically comes from Outback Truckers. <laughs> it is a good show. It is a pretty good show. My stepdad is a the, massive fan of it. He's got like all the seasons on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> That's always there's two things I've always wanted to do. I always wanted to do go up and drive the ice ice road, and then I also wanted to come down to Australia and. and pull one of the big trains mm-hmm. just so I could say I did it. And it just looks like it would be so cool to pull that much weight. I'm, I'm big into that. My truck I drive is a, uh, 
It's a 2007 Peterbilt mm-hmm. 383. It's got a 630 horsepower motor in it with an 18-speed transmission. And that thing will just, it will fly. But it's not anything compared to the other, one of the other guys' truck. There's two other guys that have the same kind of truck I've got. One's, get, one's putting down 943 horsepower, and the other guy is over 1,000. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about uh, much about cars or trucks, but that, that sounds like a lot. It it is. There's there's nothing they can they they can't pull. <laughs> so how much does uh does your truck pull then? How much do you normally do? I'm I'm typically depends on what day of the week it is because I'm what quote unquote a local driver. Mm-hmm. But it's on Mondays I'm usually just running local loads around you know Western Michigan delivering or down to Detroit and back delivering, and then. The rest of the week, Tuesday and Wednesday, it's a little bit longer, you know, but still in state. And sometimes Wednesday through Friday, I'm out of state. Right. You know, two or three states away. And later in the week, you know, Wednesday through Friday is usually when I'm close to 80,000 pounds, 40 tons. Mm-hmm. And the truck makes quick work of it going up and down the hills. <laughs> so that, that's nice. The average truck here in America is somewhere between 350 to about 430 horsepower. Okay. So I'm, I'm 630, so I'm above average. <laughs> so that's so I can get my weight in. Uh, yeah, that, that definitely will help, won't it? I'm, I'm losing weight. <laughs> Just make sure you're always in uh, orange light and wearing black shirts and you don't even notice. <laughs> Dude, I'm 243, so I'm I'm there. Let's see what that is in kilograms. I have no idea. Um, two kilogram. That is 110. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like your number better. 110. 110.223. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. I I I think the only thing that I don't use that or the only thing I use in like the imperial system is for height I do like feet ah. and inches for height most people typically understand that um yeah. but I just they would pick one for everybody I'm, yeah well that would be nice but America kind of wants to do their own thing I mean I live here in Michigan and the you know we're real close to Canada mm-hmm. so we get Canadian trucks and traffic all the time and you'll see because our speed limit here in Michigan is 70 or 75 mile an hour. Yeah. And you'll see, you see people coming over from Canada trying to, they see the 70 number uh, and they're looking kilometers per hour. Or you'll see the trucks come over and they're, you know, typically the trucks in Canada are, are what, 60 kilometers per hour, I think is what the Canadian speed limit is. So do you realize you're doing 90 over? kilometers an hour right now? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> Dude, you guys need to like slow down, <laughs> or or you know, or you, the Canadian truck will come over and they're trying to do sixty-five mile an hour, but they're actually doing sixty kilometers an hour. Mm-hmm. And they're like, dude, you're gonna get ran over. <laughs> well, I guess at, you could get like a speedometer that has a a dual thing on it, like they, some of the new digital ones. You can switch back and forth. 
Yeah, the the old analog ones, even the one in my truck's got the kilometers on the scale below it. Okay, yep. But it's you can't really tell because where the the needle is at because you're looking at the point of the needle mm-hmm. where is where the number's at. And then when you're looking at kilometers uh-huh. it's down here, where it's you know it's wider. Yeah, and you're going, am I doing sixty kilometers per hour or am I doing seventy? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's that's one reason to have your phone on you. You can get like the speed apps, the GPS. Your, your GPS speed apps. That'll work. It's close enough. You're at least not going to be doing sixty kilometers an hour in a sixty mile an hour zone. Yeah, I've I've tried using some excuses with that, but it never works. Yeah, don't think it I've would. only I got I've only gotten like three speeding tickets in my life, so. One of them was he was cool because of they had just lowered the speed limit. And he was just warning people about it. Mm-hmm. Another another time I got a speeding ticket was actually on my logbook. Back in the old days, old days, we had to have paper logs. Mm-hmm. You know whether you were actually driving or on duty, not driving, sleeping, and you know that kind of thing. Right. And she was the DOT cop was in Kentucky. She's going through my logbook. And she's like. Wow, you drove 180 miles in two hours? I'm like, did I? She's like, you marked it down. I guess you're going to have to sit down for eight hours. I'm like, shit. My third speeding ticket was me and a flatbed was running down the interstate. And we were making good time. And there was this little black Taurus Mm -hmm. that uh, was running in front of us. And the dude, you know, he'd get out. I'd get out and then the flatbed would get out. We'd pass everybody and then he'd move over. We'd all move over. We'd come up on some more traffic. We'd move over and let him out. You know, boom, boom, boom. It was just awesome for a good half hour, 45 mm-hmm. minutes. We were, we were hauling as close to 80 mile an hour. And we come up on some traffic and he got caught. The, the car got caught up in the traffic. I couldn't slow down fast enough to let him out. So me and the flatbed just blew by him. Next thing you know, here comes this black Taurus all lit up with Chris, like a Christmas tree with disco oh. lights going in. And it's like, shit. And he, he pulled us both over and he, he comes up and he crawls up in my truck and gets in. And he sits down and he goes, I hated to do that. We were making such good time. He says, but there was just way too many witnesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he, he, he said he clocked us at uh, 78. 80 and 82 in a 65 and he he wrote us for 66 or 67 i don't remember what it was now mm-hmm. but it was only like a mile or two over was what he wrote the speed limit for okay well that good. was in indiana. if it was if, it, if he had wrote it for 15 over in indiana it's automatic jail time oh wow in that state because that's considered reckless driving right okay but he, he was cool and then he proceeded to tell me about how he busted one drive one driver for a hundred and twenty in a sixty-five <laughs> one night, like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it was it was interesting. He was a cool cop, though. Mm-hmm. I've been pretty lucky with um with fines. I've owned, uh, I've never gotten a fine from driving. I did get a warning once because I had one of my brake lights out. But he was like, "Oh uh, yeah, that that's a hard one to test yourself. I guess I can just let you off with a warning." Just get it fixed tomorrow. It's like, okay, that's awesome. Thank you. Fix it tickets are cool, but it's just, it's still, you know, like 
on our CD, all that stuff still follows us around. Yeah. So the way they've set up the CVSA and the, the DAC driver, what is it called? Driver accessibility committee or whatever. It's a record that follows you everywhere. Right. Okay. So like if you like a lot of shippers and receivers, they'll load you overweight and then they'll say, well, take it. We'll pay the pay the fine. And the driver will say, OK, mm -hmm. but they don't stop to realize that that shows up on your record. Right. Not, they don't records on shippers and receivers because the shipper will just say, OK, an overweight ticket, that's going to cost you 200 bucks if you get a ticket. Mm -hmm. But that's on your driving record. Whether or not they paid for it, that's your points. Right. Yeah. There, there's a lot of people and a lot of drivers here in the States that are just, they're either too afraid to say no or think they have to do whatever dispatch says. Mm -hmm. And I've never been that way. You know, I've been driving for 30 years. So a long time ago, I figured out that I'm the one that controls the truck going down the road. And until they have self-driving trucks and my dispatcher can do it from the computer in the office. We're still I'm the a little one bit away, says, away from that one. So <laughs> exactly. Well, they're saying that once the 5G network is all up and everything, that's all we need is the connectivity. But uh, here in the States, I, I don't honestly see it happening because you got to get the general public to accept it first. Mm -hmm. A lot of people's not going to, be too excited about 80,000 pound vehicles running down the highway at 70 mile an hour with nobody controlling. I reckon for the first couple of years, you're going to have to have a uh, backup driver in them. Yep. I think they're probably going to have to have, have somebody on board all the time, no matter what, mm -hmm. because that stuff's going to break down. Oh well, yeah, of course. Gonna, That's always going to be a big deal as well. You're going to have to have an onboard mechanic because it's it's not going to be something like on uh, Wally where <laughs> there's a little cleanup robot that follows him around all the time. They're, they're going to have, have to have somebody on board because lights are going to burn out. Tires are going to blow. Axles are going to break. <laughs> it's just normal wear and tear on a truck. So and, you, uh, that job would sort of shift from being a driving job to being just a mechanic job, basically. An on-duty mechanic. Right. And you're also going to have to be probably be a part-time part computer engineer. Yeah, that as well. Because just in case something goes wrong on that front. Shit will get hacked. Mm -hmm. That's the <laughs> biggest worry, actually. It's not, not just the, the trucks going down the road at 80 miles an hour. It's the fact that at any moment, if there is a security breach, it could be hacked. Yep. And they've already proved that they can hack, hack the you know, self-driving vehicles in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. I think, what was it? Something simple through a door lock or something they, they hacked a Ford with? Um, I don't remember. I remember reading. It was some stupid way they did it. it. Like a Bluetooth connector or something. They were able to get a hold of it. This hack could take control of your Ford. It was it was something stupid simple too. Uh, using a three hundred dollars software to find radio, a security researcher says he has discovered a way to take control of some Ford. Okay, no, it's, it was through the radio by the looks of it. Oh, was the radio? So yeah, they managed to take well, over an F one fifty 
through the radio. Yeah, that's uh, not a car that I want someone to take over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good sized truck. Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's a pickup. I mean, it's that's what a quarter ton pickup. We've, we're only recently starting to actually get those trucks here. It like most of the up until a couple of years ago, we were running. Um, do, do you know what a Ute is? It's a Ute. A Ute, yeah. It's a, it's, it's basically a sedan with a flatbed. It's oh, a, okay. It's an Australian thing. Um, it's what we call like a uh, almost like an El Camino which is a car with a pickup bed. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen some of those around here, but they were all conversions. Mm -hmm. So up until recently, we've been, like most people have been using those, but our last car manufacturer has uh, pulled out. So we had Holden here and they were manufacturing in my state. They're now owned by GM and, aren't actually making cars in Australia anymore. So I don't think people are going to, like, they're going to keep making utes. So they're like the F-150s and all those other big pickup trucks are now coming into Australia and nobody knows how to drive them and our car parks are not big enough for them. Like, you'll see someone roll in with an F-150 and it, like, goes across two of the different car parks. Like, what are you doing? Just get a smaller car. And it's all, you always see it's like some some housewife that has it as well. It's like, why do you have this? They got the got the big big Ford Expedition, the big giant SUV. Mm -hmm. They get in it. You know, they got to have a step ladder to crawl up in it, and then yep. they get in it. And they try to squeeze it into this little itty bitty six foot wide space, and it's mm -hmm. like, that ain't gonna work, dude. You know, I'm I'm happy with my hatchback. My hatchback fits everywhere. It's great. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I've got a got a Dodge Caravan we've had for probably six years. Mm -hmm. And it's been a good band. It's well over a hundred thousand miles on it. It's you know been paid for and it just runs. Yep. Yeah, I bought this at I think a hundred and forty thousand kilometers, which is miles. Uh, eighty-six or nearly eighty-seven thousand miles. I bought this at. Wow, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's it's a bit of an older car. I think it's a two thousand and one model, so it's it's got some years on it, but it still runs perfectly fine. If it, if it runs and you don't have to have a trash bag and a shovel in the back to pick up the parts along the way, it's a good car. Yeah, no. When the parts fall off, that's usually my fault. Like when I. I bump the sidewalk and then I lose uh, one of my hubcaps. That happens. It happens. My wife, but I, I got home one time and I was driving the van. I come back in and I'm like, "So what's wrong with the mirror on the on the passenger side?" She's like, "Whoa, <laughs> our our garage is a two car garage, but they're separate doors." Ah, yep. And it is it's a tight squeeze to get in there, and I. No, what she did, she caught one of the door jams on the way in the garage and or or out one of the way. I'm like, so what's wrong with this mirror? Oh, oh nothing. I didn't hit anything. It's like really. <laughs> That's why the mirror's over there going. Dee -dee 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 -dee. Oh no. <laughs> I've bumped my mirror a few times to the point where I like it, it's way off where it should be, but I've never done it that bad. Well, she didn't know, but you can. 
on our mirrors, you can fold them in. Ah, okay, yep. She didn't know about that. I'm like, you can just go like this, and then you don't have to worry about how close you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just get in. It happens. Yeah. It's a it. It's not as bad as it could be. Like, there's much worse things that could have have happened. Oh yeah. Yes, there is. A whole lot worse. So. We'll go back to that thing I was going to mention earlier about library having a not really being decentralized. So they had a thing here. I'll send you a link to it. Uh, they had this website go uh, called freezepeach.fun and they were running a thing on here called uh, Odyssey. And Odyssey was basically another front end for library. They've gone and put a password on it now so I can't get onto it. But... This was library run themselves running a second thing. I don't know what exactly they're doing here. Because it was basically just library TV with a few different tabs. You can't see it now, which is annoying. Um, I have a secret password from somebody in their Discord server? Or is this just like a project that they're working on and going to release later, maybe? Well, they have a uh, new employee called Julian Chandra, who is there, I think head of promotions now or something. He used to be the head of partnerships over at TikTok, and I think he realized that he was going to lose a job soon, so he decided to come over to a new company. Um, but now he's, like, the, the head of promotion at Library, and his work... Like, this is apparently one of his projects. But it's still not really... Even though it's a second interface for Library, it's not a decentralized thing, because then it's still being run by Library Inc., unless the plan was to open source it and then hand it off to the community or something like that. Right. That's the only thing I could think for because it basically just looked like library TV. So I imagine it was sort of like the the same approach that Hive has where it has a bunch of different interfaces. So maybe they were trying Makes to like, maybe they were trying to just kickstart the different interfaces or something because no one else had done it already. I, I'm not really sure what they were planning to do with this. I was just looking at the page source, trying to oh, see. determine. Yeah. It just looks like it's a static site on a yeah, CDN. There was something different here before, but they've changed it very recently, which is annoying. If you... Let's see. Yeah, no, it's... That's actually really annoying, because I did want to talk about that, but that's fine. I wonder if you could, I don't know if you would do it on Firefox, but maybe throw the library protocol on it. It's not going to work because I don't have a library installed. <laughs> that would be cool, though, just hmm. to see if we could open the, in the library app. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. <clears throat> so, yeah, I... I that's one thing that Hive needs. Mm -hmm. It's got it's got this app called Essency. Yeah. Which is a desktop app and it's also a mobile app. And it's for the you know, for Hive. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a desktop app. Yeah. That's very cool. And it's very similar to the library, but library's got the desktop app, and that's to me that's a cool draw. Yeah. 
it's just if you could separate separate out the different kinds of content, mm-hmm. it, it's that's a winner for me. Yeah, that I think would be a really big seller because you obviously can have the content on library, but it's so difficult to find anything that isn't video content right now that it doesn't really make any sense. Right. It's just that I don't know. I I I still love library. I'm not dishing it for anything or sure yeah it's it's it, it, there's so much more that's possible with it and it seems like there's way too many people that are just relying on library to do everything mm-hmm. and that takes away from the decentralization of it there are a few and people it, running community projects but like you've got library nomics obviously then another guy's got library lytics which is a similar thing, but this is more focused on channel analytics rather than just overall library analytics. So you could see things like how much uh, LBC one. you're getting per day, how much LBC other channels are getting per day, and like just seeing how like how stuff's actually moving around, how many views you're getting, what your top videos are, things like that. Stuff that's just sort of missing from the official library TV app. So that's more of a of a block scanner or whatever. Yeah. But with okay. just a, a friendly interface so you can focus on um, the actual channels themselves rather than the blockchain. Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I've been on Librarynomics a few times. and I'm not, I'm not a technical guy, so I don't really know how to read analytics and all that. Mm-hmm. But I think it is coolest prettiest looking website ever (laughs) i do have one obvious problem with it that is that you can't actually zoom in on the website and this was intended by design if you try to zoom in it would just make the font smaller and that's that's something they had to do on purpose that's not something that accidentally happens why would you do that i don't know i'll bring on brendan and ask him why he did that (laughs) Well, it's not opening for me right now. Oh, there maybe it is. your internet's just, just being slow or something. It's being being a dick. <laughs> yeah, number one is library. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> count. <laughs> the second one is also a library channel as well. That's a uh, library cast. Bombard's body language is number three. I'd never heard of this channel before I came to the library, but apparently they run a fairly large channel over on YouTube as well. Really? Hmm. The Corbet Report. It's number five. MH is MH. seventh. He's awesome. I like him. <sighs> I'll never forget that one that one video he posted about his is a cheap green screen was a towel on the towel rack behind him in the bathroom. <laughs> if it works. That's right. There's a blue towel. That was cool. Oh, Lord. Let's see. Naomi Brockwell's number 17. I figured she'd be bigger by now. Yeah, that's actually kind of weird. Uh, well, the problem is a lot of people, even though they have big followings outside of YouTube, on oh sorry outside of library on library they don't know like how the uh the um the support system works and that is 
pretty key to any sort of growth on the platform. Right. I've never, I, I understand how the support work system works. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm more interested in, I don't know. I want to say the, say wrong. I don't want to say pay to play type mm -hmm. thing. It's, you know, that's, if it's going to, if I want to promote it, yeah, I'll pay for it. You know, that's the way it is. That's business. But I don't, my stuff isn't a business. I'm here to have fun and learn stuff. Sure. It's, that's how I got, how I, how I started getting into podcasting years ago was I was trying to learn how to record my guitar. And then I found all these other musicians out there that are better than me. And I did a, started doing a podcast. And then I'm just not into, I've never been into it for money. I've never thought of it or looked at it as a business. And I'm not interested in that. I want to learn stuff and see how stuff works and have fun doing it. Mm -hmm. If I can have fun doing it, I'm not going to try to learn it. <laughs> well, it sounds like you enjoy your day job as well. So it's not like you oh, yeah. really have to get yourself out of that. I love my day job. I, I just, there's times that it's just monotonous. Yeah. And you just want to go home, but you can't. But then there's times where I sit and think, well, I could get a local job, you know, go work here in town or whatever. And then I'm like, I'll be sitting there twiddling my thumbs going, I got to do something. Mm -hmm. I can't sit here. You know, I made a, I'm, I made a promise to one of my high school teachers that told me I would never find a job looking out a window. And I've been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> getting paid to look out a window <laughs> well if you're enjoying it hey I, it's not for me that's not the, i would i would absolutely hate doing your job but if you like it then we need people to enjoy well, that it, it's fun because yeah you get to see a lot of gorgeous gorgeous scenery yeah and but then there's times where you've got like downtown new york city yeah or downtown Chicago, where you're driving in and you're like, I hope to God I get out of here still alive. You know, it's it's all rolled up into one. It's all part of the deal. But at the end of the day, you, when you park the truck, or the end of the night, whichever shift you happen to be driving on, you park the truck and you get back there in the bunk and you fire up, you know, library tv or or three speak or whatever youtube whatever and you start watching netflix or whatever you're like it wasn't so bad mm -hmm. and just do it all again so i hear about how bad traffic gets in some parts of the u.s and i <laughs> i like I, I look at how bad like peak hour traffic is here maybe like half an hour stuck in traffic what actually is it like in some of those big cities when it's at peak hour, because I can I see pictures of it and I hear how bad it is, but I can only imagine. There's there's two real spots, three technically, but mostly nowadays it's two real bad spots: Atlanta, mm -hmm. Georgia, and then the other one is L.A. Um, which neither one of those I have to deal with. <laughs> I haven't dealt with them in years, but I do have three of my friends that that. Uh, one of them runs up and down 
the West Coast, California to Washington. And they all three of them live in the L.A. area, San Bernardino Valley type thing. And there are times that I've carried on a two to three hour conversation with them and they move only like two or three miles. Jesus. It's it's insane. It is very insane. Because people look at Australia and they're like, oh, that the country is so big. It must take so long to get places. Like, I can drive out to my parents' place. It's 150 kilometers away. It takes me like an hour and a half. Okay, let's put it this way. Texas, the state <laughs> of Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can only drive 11 hours legally in sure. a shift. Texas, at one point from east to west, is over 1,000 miles. Sure. So you cannot drive from one state border to the other in an 11-hour shift. Right. <laughs> and that's just one state. Jesus. And like uh, used to, I would go down to Dallas and then every once in a while run down to Houston and do a load down there. And they're like, well, you know, once you get to Dallas, drop and hook, grab this other trailer, run down to Houston and get a couple stops off. Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem. And then you get down there and you then you start driving from Dallas to Houston and you realize it's four hours from one city to the other. And it's like, dude, I can't make this. And but you know, there's but the, then we've got these little states mm-hmm. like Illinois, Indiana, they're 150 miles across. Mm-hmm. You can do that two out of half, three hours. Yeah, okay. And you can drive you know, five hours, you can drive across two states. And then you hit Ohio, and it's five hours just to the other side of Ohio. Right. It's it's, it's annoying sometimes, but the hardest part is when you get into traffic. Like Chicago, typically, if you hit Chicago at about 3 to about 4.30 in the afternoon, you're good. You mm-hmm. will slide right through Chicago. Just slicker and snot. But when you, if you hit it at four from four thirty one till about seven o'clock, you're stop and go bumper to bumper, and it's it's annoying. But then there are times that you you'll be like, oh, it's midnight, and I'm going to slide right through Chicago, hmm. and you'll get almost to the middle of Chicago, and somebody will be stupid and drug driver will crash, and they shut down the interstate, and you're stuck for three hours. Why they clean up the track. Jeez. You know, it's just as it's really a crapshoot for Chicago. Atlanta for trucks, unless you're delivering inside the city, mm-hmm. you're not allowed out inside the, the bypass. So you have to always go all the way around. And that's a long ride mm-hmm. <laughs> around the bypass. But it's it's LA has got to be the worst. They've got six, seven, eight lanes wide on each side, you know. And it, I, I, my buddy Rob, he sent me pictures of, of bumper to bumper. What you know that that doesn't direction. even that doesn't even make any sense. Like I think the widest lane highways we have here are like three lanes, three lanes for like <laughs> both direct. Oh, yeah, three going one direction, three going the other direction. 
Well, most of our most of our road engineers have this bright idea that more lanes will will you know alleviate the traffic. And no, what alleviates the traffic is less cars. <laughs> yeah, that'll help. <laughs> but they, you know, they'll Rob. He'll he'll call me up. We dispatch got me set up for three stops today, and look at this shit. I gotta what? He's like, I ain't gonna make this. It's only ten miles to my next stop, and I can't get to it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that, uh, that sounds about as bad as I I'd heard. Well, it's not like Michigan. In Michigan, we've got a lot of back roads, mm-hmm. county highways, county roads that are truck friendly. Yeah. But you don't know them. They can be kind of scary. Right. Because they, they typically are skinny, you know, maybe truck and a half wide. Where if you meet another truck, somebody, you got to slow down and ride the grass on each side, you know, to get around. But they're not marked as being no trucks. So guys run them. Right. If you know them. But like I can go from our yard to all the way to Benton Harbor and never get on the highway. And it's awesome. <laughs> Cause in Michigan, the, the back roads are typically smoother than the highways because there's less traffic. And that doesn't like, even make any sense. How, how are your highways that bad? Well, they, the, the biggest problem with Michigan is it's basically a giant sandbar. Right. Okay. Because between the Great Lakes, that's part of the problem. The other part of the problem is we've got 160,000 pound trucks that are in state Michigan only. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they've got a lot of axles to spread the weight out. But when you've got four of them running mm-hmm. together, that's the equal to eight regular trucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the exact same surface. And we get 90 degree weather in the summer. So that blacktop just kind of melts, you know, and we get these big ruts and the sand underneath just starts buckling and it, it happens, you know. Right. But we get a lot of freeze and thaw because of the weather and the seasons. and That's the way it works. Sounds like lots of fun. I'm not, I'm not you know, some people, some drivers will say I'm blaming the heavy trucks and I'm not. Right. It's just. That's the way it works. I blame the lawmakers. Sure, yeah. There's only so much that can really be done. Right. It's not that it's a bad thing to have super heavy trucks, but what they need to do is change the pay system because typically when they've got the heavy, super heavy trucks, they've got, they're paid by the pound mm-hmm. or paid by the bulk. If they would you know, switch them over to where they were paid by the mile or paid by the hour, it'd be totally different. You'd right. have lighter trucks, more loads, that type of thing. It's all in the way that they, the industry would adapt if they just changed the law. Makes sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're thinking, why the hell am I talking about trucks? This is a show about tech. No, I, I don't know what this show is, to be honest. I, I, it's a tech podcast in name only. <clears throat> I've heard some stories, something about somebody in the backyard at a party. I think was one of them. Uh, 
I, I, I remember something about that. Well, no, not ringing a bell. I, <laughs> it's been a couple episodes back, several episodes back. Actually, yeah, I, I, I make too much content to remember everything I say. <laughs> I don't have the feeling. Seven videos a week in a podcast is a little bit too much to remember everything. Yeah, that's why I just use my my videos as as my podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, the podcast is the thing where I, I just don't care what I'm doing most of the time. Like with the main channel stuff, that's all like prepared and actually trying to say intelligent things. Here, it I've kind of got it set up the same way that I would be if I was live streaming it. Basically, it's just yeah. me chatting with someone or just randomly got nothing by myself. The only difference between the pre-recorded and if I was to stream it is there's no chat. Right. I like your their, your videos about the terminal apps because mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm using Arco Linux, I, I'm I've really gotten into using Awesome, and I've I've just fallen in love with Awesome. It's like the first time I've ever actually done a tiling window manager of any kind, and it runs great on this thing, and it gives me some really great CPU usage and RAM usage, and mm-hmm. it's like I'm like I'm using Kubuntu for my Ubuntu studio here and my, my Ram is pegging pretty damn hard right now. It's running at 62%. Jeez. And also it's maybe be, maybe running at 15 or 20 and I can have, you know, four, four, what are they called? Tags? Uh, different desktops. Uh, I think, I don't know what awesome calls them. They might just be desktops or workspaces. Yeah. Workspace. I can have like, four of them with an app running on each one and switch it between them and be running 15% use CPU. It's like, dude, I love this. Yeah, it is nice. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, videos like about Ranger and all the, the terminal only apps. It's like, dude, this is sweet. I can do this. I feel like a geek. <laughs> I've got a, a real, well, I've got a series coming up soon when I eventually get around to working on it. There's going to be pretty hardcore terminal stuff. So cool. someone, um, a couple of guys in my Discord have been talking about a way to show graphics without a, uh, without a graphic server. So showing it directly just in your TTY. Really? Uh, yeah, you can do, you can work with these things called frame buffers. Basically, I guess the best way to look at it would be like a mini display server. And you could just play videos oh. without, a, uh, without a, any sort of graphical environment. Oh, that's cool. So that's going to be fun to mess around with, but it's not practical, I would say. It's just fun to experiment with. Right. I started playing with that, the color thing that you had about the different colors. Ah, yeah, yeah. I started playing with that, and I never did finish it, but it's, I like that kind of stuff. That's kind of stuff's cool. Well, that's awesome, because I I do enjoy playing with that sort of software. Is it? Uh oh. Is that you or me? My housemate's awake. I don't know. Oh. Doesn't matter. Wasn't sure if it was me or you. <laughs> She's not even talking to a dog. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I didn't get a text. So they <laughs> usually text. They know, they know that when I'm up here in the studio slash office whatever you want to call it sure yeah. i usually lock the door because you know my kids tend to walk in yeah I've, I've, I've been doing 
podcasting and streaming as long as my daughter can has been around. So she she's been on quite a few episodes of uh, my old shows, and she she'll just come right on in and start talking. Or back back when she was she's sixteen now, but when she was little, uh, I was doing a live show on the Bush Radio, and she actually cut a ident for him. It was I love the bush. I love the bush. It was it was funny. We're just singing. She was like six, five or six years old. It so how funny. wait? How long have you been doing shows online then? I started since in two thousand five. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't realize you were doing it for that long. Yeah, I did a. I did the Uncle Bonehead show was my first podcast, mm-hmm. and I did that for six or seven years. And at one point, I had just a little over 3,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the band? Or not the band, but the, the website garageband.com? No. It was back when MySpace was popular. Yeah, no, that's before my time. That was where it was the biggest at, was at garageband.com. And then uh, switched over to doing a live show on the Bush Radio. And it was just running on a server in the guy's house Mm -hmm. and they crashed the server. So it was kind of cool to be able to say that, but you know, there was probably maybe 15 or 20 people listening live on his home connection. (laughs) And then he, he actually went out and got a big, big server. I'll be back in a second. That was you. Okay. Hit pause. Hello. 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 Yeah, we've got a uh, a single car garage at my place, but it's one of those long ones. Oh, my video is lagging. That's interesting. Blurry. I guess we're going to be like this for the rest of the show now. Um, I, I'm going to turn my webcam off. I'm going to try to fix this. But anyway, yeah, we have a, uh, a single car garage at my place, and uh, my car was parked behind my housemates. Uh, he had to move. Yes. Uh, okay. If I... Oh, wait, no, it's fine. It's fine. That was weird. I don't know what happened. What kind of cam you use? I'm using a Logitech C920. Just the webcam that everyone uses. Uh-huh. There we go. Get your white balance. I usually have it so my white balance is just um, hard-coded, but for whatever reason, I forgot to set it up. So we've been running with this adaptive stuff this entire show, which is fine because I've got my my point lights over here. So it's it's okay. My face is a little bit, this side, is a bit of, little bit too, uh, little bit too bright, but it's fine. I don't do lights. Really? <laughs> no, I've got a light. I just... I I need to get a capture card mm-hmm. for because I'm using a camcorder, and I was using my phone use a screen copy. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce it, and it just it doesn't do justice because you know I'll, I'll forget to put it on airplane mode or whatever, and I get notifications popping up on my cam on the screen, and it's like. Yeah, I ain't having that. I ain't gonna deal with that. Having to remember how to do that, remember to put it on airplane mode every damn time. Mm-hmm. 
And then that plus I'm planning on once I get my capture card and my cam set up and the actual studio booth set up built that I can use my phone to bring in people from Twitter that are live streaming or other places, you know, bring them in through screen copy. I can make my, I can make my lighting just as good as yours. I'm going to set something up. Just entertain (laughs) people for like 30 seconds. (laughs) Do it, do it, do it. My daughter used to have some. Oh, there you go. Now it looks like a. Oh, you can't hear me. You ain't got the headphones on. Uh... Oh, we're not. We're, we're not done yet. I have a little bit more to do. <laughs> now it looks like you're doing this has been such a long interview it's in the nighttime now <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh, yeah okay we're almost there and now where is it here we go hey, hey. we're now in a disco there you go <laughs> i had some led lights that my daughter had just cheap two little twenty dollar lights that she got, or no, they were like five bucks. That she, got. they they did that. Was, the plan was to have them up here above the above the frame, you know, doing the disco thing. Mm-hmm. But it is there's a short in them somewhere. So yeah, this is just a um, a smart globe. I I don't oh. really like Internet of Things devices that much, but. This is cool. I like this. This is, it gives a good atmosphere, especially if you're wanting to do something, you know, like a fun show. Mm. Like that's what I'm doing on MSP Waves. I try to stay away from talking about tech all the time. Yeah. Because I want to be, I've, I've got a very, I've had it for a while, but a very strict no politics rule on all of my podcasts. And because I, I'm an MSP Waves, I just want to have fun. Sure. Yeah. Like there's in the chat room on their chat room is on the discord server. A lot of people actually just listen to it through discord or watch it through discord. And there's a, every time somebody levels up in the chat room, the host is supposed to take a drink. It's supposed to technically be a, a uh, adult beverage. And I had an adult beverage with me. I think it was my first show and I basically pounded four of them during the opening song, which was the William Tell Overture and just you know, for the fun of it. And probably it all started kicking in like towards the about halfway through. So the first hour mm-hmm. and then my cheeks started getting that feeling, nummy feeling, yeah, yeah. you know, and you're, you're feeling good. And the next thing I knew uh, they, the chat room had me telling dirty trucker jokes and i was like dude rod's gonna kick me off and it's my first show and 
for some stupid reason, they asked me to come back. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're pulling in the traffic. Yeah, I had a couple of my trucker friends. Well, three of them actually called in, and they spent two hours, and it was just two hours of trucker bashing everything. And if you don't know the trucker lifestyle and yeah, there's been a lot of movies smoking the bandit, you know, convoy and all the old trucker movies, they glamorized the lifestyle, Mm -hmm. made it fun. Yes, it is fun, but a lot of it, you know, with being on the CB radio, the CB radio is like, I guess, basically 4chan, a precursor to 4chan and or Reddit. And they, on the CB, you will hear the most vile, filthy, disgusting things. We can make sailors blush and bikers blush. And it's gets pretty rough sometimes and that's what those two hours was of that episode and they asked them to come back too (laughs) (laughs) i was i was doing a show a podcast we've got we've got three episodes on youtube Mm -hmm. it was actually like six or seven episodes that we did it's called break nine break one nine podcast Mm -hmm. and it's me ratchet jaw rob monster and wolfman they those three guys did their own podcast called trucker nation usa and we joined up to do break one nine podcast the idea was that we were going to do it every week come hell or high water use an anchor we can do it on the phone while we're driving and we only got like five or six episodes done because there was always something you know somebody's sleeping somewhere somebody can't, can't doesn't have a signal and so we tried doing it with just, you know, missing somebody and it just, it wasn't the same because that's what we actually do every day is call each other and talk on a group call all day long. Mm-hmm. And we were just, you know, fuck it, we'll record it and put it out of the podcast. There was quite a few people that liked Trucker Nation USA. My podcast, Trucking Nuts, had, I don't remember how many subscribers it used to have, but it is trucker nuts trucking nuts was uh, that was one thing i had to pay a lot of attention to when i get because <laughs> i get talking you know, this week on trucker nuts <laughs> i'm sitting on them but anyways <laughs> the the uh it was trucker nuts i tried to keep it family friendly but break one nine podcast is anything but family friendly yeah and on YouTube, we we've got like maybe ten subscribers, I think. But but we also only posted three episodes on YouTube, and there was a year between episode two and episode three, so we weren't really into the YouTube thing. Yeah. But Rob and Monster are big big gamers. I don't know what they play, but it's some some military game, and they've got a dedicated time that they put together a team, you know, and play online. And I'm cool with that, but it's also the same time that I'm on at MSP waves. So mm-hmm. yeah. be on all the time. We were shooting to try to do a three hour show from nine to midnight. And I don't think we're going to be able to do that either because 
the other guys can't make it. Oh. So it's what it's the that's the one thing that sucks about trucking is you're never got a set schedule. Yeah. They say there's this old wives sale that truckers get into these habits and it's, it's the whole, whole habit thing. It's like, yeah, it's a habit that you're never the same. Every day is different. Every, every schedule is different. You know, that's just the nature of the business. But if, if something like being able to record a video on library or hive or YouTube or whatever, if you could do it, from your phone mm-hmm. while you're driving, we will do it. <laughs> we were using Skype for a while because it could have, you know, it's got the recording yeah, yeah. and it was cool, but you can't separate the audio out. Uh. Some, you know, we're all on Bluetooth headsets and it sounds like shit. And one guy will be louder than the other guy. You can't, you know, equalize them. You can't, you know, normalize anything it's just you got to do your best you can with one track and it i don't like it <laughs> and so that's why we never really kept with the break one night podcast but it's a bitch in post yeah i have enough trouble like lining up a time with just me and a guest every single week that trying to get three people lined up at the same time is going to be a massive pain like i'm like my schedule is usually pretty open i can do stuff whenever most of the people i bring on are much busier than i am and even that's hard enough so getting three people who are always busy lined up i can't imagine how difficult that would be yeah back god it's been i think it was 2009 no obama was president so it had to be 2007 or 2008 mm-hmm. we did a me and my buddy john He's a, he's a truck driver as well. And Charlie from the Bush radio and Gary Fender, my, the singer that was in, I was in the band with us four did a, a show every Wednesday night live on the Bush. And it was also on UBSN.net. And it was called local loud and proud. And we was supposed to be, all about local musicians, indie musicians here in mid Michigan. But we ended up, it turned into, we did skits. We did all kinds of, we had a, a segment called Dr. Love Tips with Dr. Fister. And then we did, uh, we, we did the uh, ask, ask Uncle Bonehead about trucking and, uh, we had a sponsor called Charlie's Choke and Poke Wholesale Rape Equipment and Emporium. And, and Gary always did these little skits, you know, like fat guy falling down the stairs where he just put together a bunch of sound effects. And it, it, we did a lot of fun stuff. And the, the funniest thing was, like for doc, the doc Love Tips with Dr. Fister, it was written by Gary. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, the emails. And we actually started getting, you know, he would, he would write the, the emails like he was somebody you know, wanting actual advice from Dr. Fister. And the, the, the gimmick was that no matter what it was, you know, it could be, should I give flowers to my girlfriend? It would always, the answer always turned around to the answer was anal sex. <laughs> and the, we, st- Gary would, 
write the, you know, write it out, you know, and we script it. And then probably six or seven episodes in, we started getting actual real emails from people wanting to get love tips from Dr. Mystery. <laughs> it was it was fun. And those were even better than what Gary was writing. <laughs> it was a blast. That sounds we, awesome. I, that sounds like it'd be so much fun to do. It was a blast because it was every Wednesday night. We started at 7 and we were supposed to be done at 10. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we did an after show thing that would go to like midnight. Mm -hmm. And John, Charlie, he lived in Florida. So he was on Skype. John was on Skype with, with me. John was would be making a delivery or a pickup somewhere around Minnesota or Western Wisconsin every Wednesday night. And then Gary, he just lives, you know, 15, 20 miles away from me. So he came over. Mm -hmm. He was actually in the studio with me. And with, then we started getting uh, Crispy and Nurse Nuda would come down from Saginaw. And they would come down every week. So I would have be sitting there in my basement studio with three other people and then two people on Skype. Mm -hmm. We ended up, you know, it'd be midnight sometimes on a Wednesday night. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, I'm like, guys, you got to get out of here. I got to be at work at four o'clock. You know, and it was, it was fun, but, you know, shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> people grow apart and. Mm -hmm. We ended up having to stop because the we were using I was using two desktop computers and a laptop and one desktop the hard drive crashed Ooh. and couldn't get the couldn't get another one to, to replace it. So we just kind of slowed it down, you know, went back to like an hour long show type thing, something that we could just wing. And then eventually it was just like, Yeah, schedules changed, John's schedule got changed and Charlie had to work, start working nights. So show just ended, but it was a blast. It was probably the funnest show I've ever done because there was never anything you could to expect. <laughs> it was just, we played a lot of good music, talked to a lot of cool local bands, and uh, it was it was just a blast. That's awesome. I, I don't know how we got to this. I, I'm not sure how this actually started. I lost track at some point. <laughs> Yeah, me too. But I just, I you just having fun just, reliving your old memories. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a trip down memory lane, and it's the, you set the atmosphere with the mm. lighting. So now it's like you know we're you know like a twenty twenty or CNN interview. You know where we're you know, <laughs> up close and personal. I guess so. Except <laughs> I'm I'm a much less fake person. Much less, much more real person. We'll go with that one instead of get, trying to double a negative no out. <laughs> no doubt about that. So, by the sounds of it, you've been using the name Uncle Bonehead for a very long time then. Yeah. My best friend, John, he, his son gave it to me when he was three, mm -hmm. four, and he's 21 now. So... Because John used to just call me Bonehead all the time, mm -hmm. and then little Bubba, I call him Ryan. He, he, you know, he just started calling me Uncle Bonehead. 
he pronounced an uncle Bodehead. Bodehead. Uncle Bodehead. Went with Bodehead, hey, that would be a bit of a different meaning. Yep, but we just it kind of stuck. And when I joined the band that John was in, we I was, I was in it for probably five or six years, and we'd get on stage, and that's what Gary would introduce me as his Uncle Bonehead. And it stuck. There's my friends all call me Bonehead. And, you know, we 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 opened in 2011. We opened for Great White at the Soaring Eagle Casino, mm-hmm. and they referred to me as Uncle Bonehead. People was asking for autographs and shit. And I did a MC for the middle of the Met Music Festival at uh, Mount Pleasant, Michigan. And I had a guy come up to me between the bands and he's like, are you Uncle Bonehead? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I thought I recognized your voice. He was a listener. I was like, yeah. dude, that's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> I got recognized. <laughs> I did find, I, they haven't talked to me in person, but I did find out that someone who watches my channel also goes to my uni. So that's interesting. <laughs> that's cool. Very cool. Mm. My wife she she didn't usually used to go to the gigs to the band gigs with me a lot but which be, mainly because when she did everybody called her mrs bonehead <laughs> i think that's probably why she didn't always go <laughs> well that, that's actually uh a pretty cool story of how you got that name and then yeah. it, it kind of stuck as like ah. Uh, if, if a bonehead can do it, then anyone can do it. So it kind of just worked with, with the sort of direction you're going with now. So that's that's how I started with the the cell phones and podcasts. I was like, I wanted to learn about why you know host, and my idea was for the podcast. I was because I was between doing podcasts. I knew I wanted to do a podcast, so I just kind of went with that. You know, if I can do it, anybody else can do it. So. It's easy to pay attention if you know what you're looking for to protect your privacy mm-hmm. and your your online data and all that. And self-hosting is, to me, that's the way to do it. But it's just so difficult in cost and you know the know-how that the average person isn't going to do it. You know. There's things like the Freedom Box, you know, where you can carry your internet with you and your stuff with you. And it's just like, that's cool, but you got to know how to set that up. I have don't no tell me you don't is. know about Freedom Box. I have no idea what that is. It's, it's like a Raspberry Pi, but it's a server for, huh. your, for your stuff. You carry it around with you and hook it onto Wi-Fi to hold your email, everything. Huh. That's actually pretty awesome. You can set up a Mastodon server. There's a version of it that Why You Know Host has. It's called, ah, uh, oh, crap, I can't remember what it is. But Why You Know Host doesn't make it. Freedom Box makes the box that you can buy from. Right. And it's all set up. Or you can get the, just download the, the distro and install it on your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually but already free- really been hardcore into Linux for the past year. Ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry. And you know way more about it. you're you know way more about it than I do. Well, I've, I 
I started on Linux in 2010 with Ubuntu mm-hmm. 10, excuse me, 10.04. And I've, up until just a couple of years ago, I very rarely opened a terminal. Mm-hmm. I, if I couldn't do it through the GUI, I didn't do it. There was a time for about a year, I actually, when Windows 10 first came out and I got a new computer, I was like, I'm actually going to give Windows 10 a try. And I ended up dual booting mm-hmm. and I spent more time in Ubuntu than I did in Windows. And I did it for about a year and then I completely wiped the windows off and I haven't been back since. Well, to be fair, I came from a programming background, so I'm in my final year of a software engineering degree right now. So cool. I already had a lot of that experience, like messing around with terminal apps anyway. It was just shifting what I'm doing over to Linux. My hat's off to you and people that can do stuff like that because to me that's just... You're, you guys are like wizards and sorcerers because I couldn't do it. You know, I, I look at it and I see a bunch of characters, mm-hmm. you know, question mark, an exclamation point, you know, parentheses, block or whatever you call it, the square thing. And it's just like, I can do mark now. <laughs> well, there's a reason why a lot of people in the software, engin- uh, software industry has have autism. You kind of need that, <laughs> that, extreme focus on one thing i can see that i can definitely see that me i'm 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 watching something it's like ooh, squirrel (laughs) yeah you wouldn't get very far (laughs) Uh, that's why it's like you know it's like library nomics it's the coolest looking website around Mm -hmm. especially when you see all the wheels and the graphs and and it's just like I have no idea what I'm looking at, but that's cool as shit. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I don't know why it was written in the way it was written. It's using some pretty old libraries. I don't know why they decided to do it like that, but it works, I guess. Because it looks good. I, yeah, if it works, why <laughs> try to make a new one? I guess that's fair. If, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, usually if you're going to start something new, you're going to start it with the new stuff, not just yeah. start it from the old stuff, even though, it, yeah, it's fine. It worked. It It's done better than I had expected. And it's it's had a lot of improvements recently that have made it fairly usable. Cool. Because early on, there, there was a few problems with it uh, where it was a bit slow. And if you like scrolled, sometimes the bar up the top would jitter as you're scrolling down the screen. I used it mostly, I looked at it mostly on my phone mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm on, I'm mobile, you know, six, six out of seven days a week. Yeah. So most of the stuff I do on the phone, like I've, I've started doing, I said I was going to do it semi-daily and it's been a week since I've done anything with it, but it's a, from the driver's seat, a, like a daily trucking vlog. And I did like three episodes, and last week I didn't have time to do shit all week because we were busy. Yeah. And I wanted it to be something to where I can do while I'm driving because I can see I've got my own LG V20, mm-hmm. and it's got a good camera on it. But it's, I don't even know where the hell it's at. 
I think it's downstairs. But the, uh, you know, it's got the SD card in it. You know, so it's got good storage. It's got a great camera, no SIM card. So, you know, I can't do anything online with it. Mm-hmm. But I can use it to make videos. Yeah. And I, I've got another amount on my dash, you know, for my phone. I've got two two mounts now, one for my for my regular phone and then one for my B20. Yeah. And so I can actually record something while I'm driving, you know, get that driver's point of view from what I'm trying to do is record with one phone over the dash, mm-hmm. you know, point out over the hood. And then the other phone, I'm trying to get, you know, the face and I'm trying to record the voice on one. And then the other one, I'm just going to kind of sync up Ah, yeah. when I so you can still hear the sound of the truck from from one of the scenes and then but you can still hear me over the truck because mm-hmm. i'm talking to the and uh i'm trying to get that and i can't get it to line up right but it's eventually i'm going to figure this shit out and it's going to be cool what i actually should probably just do is you know, spend money and go buy a damn Gro- gopro <laughs> and, well, and if you're trying put, to sync you know, it up just clap yeah, but it's kind of hard to do that when you got 600 horsepower going yeah. on one of them. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Clap really loudly. It, well, <laughs> the, the problem is with the, when the the one that's not got the headset connected mm-hmm. is sitting on the dash, I can reach up there and touch it so it's an arm's length. Mm-hmm. But the truck is so loud just sitting there idling, mm-hmm. you can't hear me talk. Okay, yeah. If I didn't have the headset on, you couldn't hear it. That's just the the nature of the truck. I'm just trying to you know, trying to get them to sync up. I should probably yeah. sync them up. Put them in the. I'll figure it out. Yeah, there'll be <laughs> a way to do it. Trial and error. The problem is, on Mondays we're so busy because we've got anywhere from ten to fifteen loads to deliver, and there's only three guys because mm-hmm. one guy is out right now with COVID. And he's, he doesn't have it. He's just scared to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, the so we're trying to cover the work of four guys with three guys, and it's not it's going paying. too well, right? But eventually, I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. We've got the same sort of problem over at my work. Um, so I do night filling in a supermarket, and there's a couple of people who either they got COVID or like their partner got it, so they can't work. And we just have, yeah. we're kind of just bleeding people right now. We, it's stuff's getting done, but it's always a problem when when you're down staff and you can't bring people in when you need the hours. It's just like there's only so much that can get done. Have, during the big shutdown and everything was shut down so long mm. that the DOT opened up the restrictions on on the hours of service and our governor here in the state opened up all of the roads. So there was no restricted truck routes except for, you know, height. Sure. And, yeah. Of course. You know, but you know, you were able to drive anywhere, any road you need, just get, get the job done. Mm-hmm. And the hours of service was lifted. No matter what you had to go, got to go work anytime you want, all that stuff. And it was awesome. There was like nobody on the road. Truck speed limit here in Michigan, 65 on the high interstates. Mm-hmm. And there was many times 
that I was running with three or four other trucks and we were pushing 70, 75 and pushing cars out of the way because we had to go. And we had one car that was probably three or four o'clock in the morning. I was coming back from Detroit and there was a truck in front of me and a truck behind me. We were in the left lane trying to pass this car and the car sped up and got in the left lane and, and brake checked us because uh, you know, yeah. we should be driving that fast. Just as we were coming by a rest area and there was a cop sitting in the rest area, he come out and pulled over that car and let us <laughs> truck. It's like, yes. <laughs> it was awesome. I know that in a few places in Australia, we have um, open speed limits. So in my state, the max speed limit is 110, which is 70 miles an hour. But there's, like, I think in Victoria, maybe Northern Territory, they actually have like open speed limits. So you could do like 120, 130 if you wanted to. Those are nice. I think Nebraska used to have a safe and reasonable speed is what they called it. Mm -hmm. And I think they actually did end up putting a speed limit on the trucks. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, well, trucks are a bit different. Yeah, let's just face it. You know, physics is physics. You can't get around it. Sure, yeah. You, you know, at, at 13 and a half feet tall by 75 feet long and, you know, 12 foot wide doesn't isn't exactly a Ferrari. Well, yeah, if you tried to do some of those speed limits on some of the dirt roads out here, oh, you're, you're going to flip oh, your truck. Yeah, I've heard... I've heard stories about the outback and the <laughs> and the dirt roads. Yeah, you either I, have really soft sand or it gets wet, and then you get stuck in like a two meter hole. Yep, we've got uh, a lot. You know, we got a lot of sand here in Michigan. There's, I used to deliver to a store in uh, Ionia, Michigan. No, not Ionia, Standard, Stanton, and it was. It's a tight place to get into, anyways. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't look tight because it's a big lot and there's grass, but it's grass growing out of sand. Oh. And if you didn't know where to drive, you were you would sink, you know, like that. And there was there was a uh, they had a wrecker company, you know, a couple of towns away that was on call because <laughs> you know somebody would always come up and if you. When you pulled out of the dock, you had to automatically start turning right. Mm-hmm. But, but you didn't want to because they had a wall that comes up. You were always afraid you were going to hit that wall with your trailer. So you you know, just kind of eased out. And if you if it was a new guy that's never been there before, he'd swing way out before he started. And that was where he would just sit. <laughs> and the record would be there like 10 minutes, hook up, and winch you out. Jesus. It, it was fun. Oh, it sounds like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of places like that up here in Michigan. That you, especially in the dark, if you don't know where you're at and what road you're on. There's an old saying here in Michigan, in the wintertime especially, if you're running down the highway and you're the only one there and you can't really see the road, if it smooths out, get back to the left because you're in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to be on the bumpy parts that's the highway <laughs> yeah that makes sense i had a friend of mine his name was chance it was cb handle was chance uh-huh. 
and uh, he used to run out to Toronto a lot. And he, they sent him way up north to Quebec mm-hmm. in the middle of winter. He'd never been up there. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that he was driving. He, felt, he said it felt like for you know, 10, 15 miles. He's like, I'm on this highway. You can, it's moonlight. You know, you can see you know, where the edges of the trees are at, you know, and you, he's curvy, you know, kind of highway, you know, but he didn't see another car, another mm-hmm. truck, nothing for 15, 20 miles. And he, he, that's when he realized he was driving on a frozen river. <laughs> he, he, said, he said he stopped that he, you know, just pulled off to what he thought was the side, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the shoulder. And he, he said he got out and he's standing there looking around and he started slipping a little bit and he's, and he heard a big cracking noise. And he's like, I'm on ice. <laughs> He said he got back in the truck, just kind of put it in granny gear, kind of eased closer to the shore because it'd be shallower there if it did break through. But he he ended up getting the the Canadian what are they called mounties or whatever mm. come out and they got him out. But <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> you know, that was he's, that was the last time that he ever went to went to Quebec. <laughs> yeah, I'd get a little scared after that as well. You're not stupid. I mean, he's lucky. That's what he is. Yes, he is. That's why his nickname was Chance. (laughs) Oh Lord, he was cool, dude. So we've been going for two hours now. I'm happy to go keep going if you want to. I know it's getting pretty late for you. I'm good. It's like only like nine twenty here. Oh, okay. I thought it was later. I, I can talk. Oh, no, sorry, I was going off the UTC time. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's UTC. I'm not UTC. Yeah, no. You're in, um, yeah, E something or other. I don't remember. It's 9 p.m. anyway. Eastern. Yeah, Eastern something or other. Is it standard time? Is that what it is? Uh, It's actually daylight. Yeah, it's standard right now, but it'll be daylight savings time in October. Yeah, October. I hear you. Cool. So I'm one of the that have to change. Sorry, what was that? Oh, I said I'm one of the unlucky ones that have to change my clocks twice a year. Yeah, every pretty much everywhere in Australia acknowledges daylight savings time, so we just accept it as a normal thing. That's annoying, ain't it? Yeah. It's fine. I don't even realize when it changes until my clocks just change themselves, and then I realize the microwave's out. <laughs> That's the way it works. Pretty much. But Australia just has pretty messed up time zones anyway. We have uh, we have half hour time zones. That's weird. So my in South Australia where I am, it is uh, UTC plus nine thirty. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, let's see if I'm fine. That's, that's weird. You guys are in winter right now, aren't you? Yes, yes, we are. Uh, here we go. Copy image address. Yeah, it, it's winter, but it's like, it's it's not... It's... Okay, Australian winter is not really winter. The coldest it gets here is like one degree, maybe, uh, which is, what, 35? Yeah, 
Yeah. Something like that. Zero. Yeah. So it's that is weird. In in some places in Australia, it does snow. We like some of the mountain tops does snow a bit, and there are like ski resorts, but most places it doesn't really. So you got most of a mostly dry type where you're at. Yeah, here the uh, at least in the place I'm at, we get a lot of mist. So early in the morning, you will wake up and it's like, oh, I can see like two meters in front of me. That's great. <laughs> It was so bad a few weeks back where they had to ground all planes for until I think like midday or something. Wow. That, that's some thick stuff. That's one thing I hate driving in. Mm-hmm. You, you know, most dri- most truck drivers will drive through snow, will drive through ice, will drive through rain. Mm-hmm. But fog? Yeah. Is, if you can't see past the nose of your truck, it's your... It's... No. That's, that will send chills down your spine. Fog at night is one thing, but when it's fog during the day, there's so many people who just don't put their lights on. Mm-hmm. You can actually see better at fog during the day than you can at night. Mm-hmm. But what cracks me up is people that turn on their bright lights, mm-hmm. thinking they, they, can, they can see better. You're not, because all you're doing is seeing the fog better. I found out my car actually has fog lights the other day, which are, are pretty useful. I should have noticed those a while back, but... Well, technically, what color are they? Uh, I... Yellow or white? I think they're white. Okay, if they're white, they're technically driving lights. Okay, they're on a fog light they're button, with... so... They're, they're, there is a difference. Okay. Fog lights, fog lights are yellow because yellow cuts through the fog. So you can see, and they're supposed to be aimed up a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, like headlights. Driving lights are white, and they're supposed to be angled down and towards the edges of the road. Those are so you can see the edges of the lane or the road. Right. That's that's the difference. But car manufacturers and everybody just calls everything fog lights as long as it's not a headlight. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. I and could I replace them with yellow globes. Like, that wouldn't be difficult, but... No. It's not hard to make a difference, but mm. it's just... Being a truck driver, that's uh, kind of... You know, we've, we got a lot of pet peeves, mm-hmm. and that's one of them. It's like, you know, people people tend to bump you know, different kinds of people together, you know. Not like a racist thing, but, you know... These people are this way. This people are this way. And truck drivers don't do that. We see this this car group. This is a Prius. Mm-hmm. They drive like this. This is a Yugo. They drive like this. <laughs> this is a Tesla. They drive like that. You know, mm-hmm. that's what we see. You know, it's like a, a Dr. Crypto wrote a post on Hive the other day, tagged me in it, saying that he was coming out as a Yugo, uh, a Prius driver even though I'd be upset about it. <laughs> um, you know, I, we don't see individuals. We see the cars and the way that people typically drive those cars because somebody that drives a Cadillac drives totally different than somebody that drives a Mustang. Mm-hmm. And typically Prius drivers, they typically seem to be the ones that want to remind everybody that you're not supposed to be driving that fast or they're 
they want, you know, you know, they, they've got the attitude. I've got a Prius. I'm an eco-friendly person. And it's like, <laughs> that's nice. You bought that car for a reason. Now get out of my way. <laughs> it's, it's, that's just the way, you know, we look at it. We don't see people. We see vehicles. Right. Okay. So I don't know why I just blurted that out. <laughs> I just I'm getting messages. The Sunday. Uh-oh. Don't mess me to work. Go away. Come in. Wait, who, we just had some. Who was that that even messaged me? Who, who in the world is Dan? I don't know. <laughs> I'm transferring to a new store. Um, so I, so I was working at this one in the. It's a bit further away, and they stopped giving me hours. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to go to a different store. And now I don't know any of the managers at this new place. So, wow, that sucks. Yeah, but it's fine. At least you're getting hours here. Oh, was it your wash wish for the transfer, or was it them? Uh they kind of forced it upon me by not giving me hours. But also, my oh. like my direct manager, he let me work at a different store, and that's when they screwed up. When the, this other store found out I was good at my job, then they just kept pestering me about transferring. Yeah, that's that's a good sign. Mm. That means you're doing a good job. Well, it's, it's the, filling shelves. It's a pretty hard job to be bad at. I consider the default state to be good. Believe me, I, I know some people that could fuck that up. Oh, I, I definitely do as well. But it's just... There's... every. It doesn't matter what the job is. It can be the easiest job, can be the easiest thing for everybody or one person, but there's always going to be at least one person that doesn't understand it or can't do it because we're all different. We're all different individuals. Mm. It's like, like my son, he's 25. He, I don't want him anywhere near a big truck. Sure. I mean, but. He, he can get in to get on a bike and he could do stuff on a bike that I could never do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, everybody's totally different. Everybody's got a different, different skill set. And what we see as being simple or non-trivial can be very complicated to, to the next individual. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> People can fuck it up. Yeah, they, well, they, yeah, they definitely can. I know some people who are. I will be putting stuff on the shelves, three boxes to their one. I'm just like, uh, these uh, when it when you're going that slowly, it's it's more like uh, it's less like you're not able to do it, and more like you just need to work harder because if you're that slow, you'll see them. They're just moving really slowly. It's like the clock the, milkers. Sorry. Clock milkers. Clock, yeah, pretty much. This is what happens when you pay people by the hour rather than how much work they do. Yep. That's that's true. Uh, Anyways, what else did you want to talk about? Uh, let's see. What else do we have on the list? So. My other... You said you had other stuff. So I'm taking your word for it. <laughs> so... Parlor was one of the things. I know you, you don't really like... You had uh, some interesting things to say about Parlor back... Yeah, a few weeks back. Yeah, a month ago. But yeah, anyways. a month ago, wherever it was. 
I'm still using the platform. I use it occasionally, but I'm just keeping an eye on it, just see what it does. But right, I don't really I know what's going on with this platform. It's kind, of, it it feels like it's just basically another media platform. It's like, oh, we have Gab, we have Twitter, we have Mastodon, we have Parler now. Yep, it's it's my my thing with Parler is they. They advertise it as the free speech platform. Mm-hmm. You know, say whatever you want. But then when you look in their terms of service, they specifically state that they can delete your account for any reason they want to mm-hmm. or no reason at all is exactly the words they used. That's not a free speech platform. No, definitely not. <laughs> That's false advertisement. And then when you look at, keep dig into more of the terms of service, they say that you have to defend them. You have to pay for an attorney and you can't do a class action lawsuit against them for anything. And that's not a free speech platform. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, speaking of the, uh, the class action thing, um, Patreon kind of set themselves up in a really terrible position by doing that, where it's like, oh, you can't, you can't do a class action. Okay, well, have fun dealing with all of these lawsuits individually, and that's kind of coming back to bite them right now. So I, I understand. I, I understand a company wanting to protect itself because their main goal for being in business is to make a profit. Sure. I don't have a problem with companies making a profit. But when you bind your your users to say that you can't sue us for doing something that you don't like, mm-hmm. that's bullshit. And I don't care what anybody says, if you can if you can you can find an attorney that where the payout is going to be worth his money, he will sue them mm. on your behalf, no matter what their terms said. And there are there are courts in this country that will do it. Well, you guys have a, an interesting setup because you're like the US is very big on states' rights. So there's always some random state where there's some weird loophole that you can exploit. Whereas Australia, we've kind of got far more unified laws for the entire country. Yep. Well, they're supposed to be all for state rights, but there's certain jurisdictions like uh, all the software patents, Mm -hmm. any kind of of a suit over that, always go through one district in Texas Mm -hmm. because they always go for tend to vote for the 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 ones that brings it there. I mean, right. they could have a software company in Silicon Valley will sue something and then they take it to a court in Texas. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be that way. It should stay in Silicon Valley. Right. It should stay in California. You shouldn't be allowed to run to whatever jurisdiction is going to be in your favor. That's not right. I guess our, it, our, our, 
Go ahead. I was going to say, I guess that there are some benefits that do come from that because then you, if there is a state that, at least for a on an individual level, if there's a state that you don't like whatever it's doing for you, then you can go somewhere else and have a completely different set of, uh, I guess, laws around you. Like, you have... Aren't there some states that basically don't have income tax or don't have income tax at all? Yep. Yeah. Uh, like tax that, in Florida. That's not a thing in Australia. Everywhere in Australia has unified tax laws. So from an individual's level, there are some benefits that do come from that, but it can definitely be exploited if you have the money to exploit it. Right. Well, see, in, in Texas and Florida, they don't have the income tax, the state income tax, mm -hmm. but they still have to do the federal income tax. Right. Okay. So you nowhere in the country you're going to get out of taxes. There's no way anybody well, can do that. you just take your money overseas, right? <laughs> if you don't, Put if it's the under Cayman the tables. Yep. And, but like, like here in Michigan, during the shutdown, we, you know, she locked us down for everything for mm -hmm. a long, long time. Just to the south of us is Indiana. And, you know, people were going to Indiana to get a fucking haircut. They couldn't get a haircut in, in Michigan, so they just drove 30 miles across the state line and got a haircut. We've been pretty harsh about people crossing state lines here because right now Victoria is under basically complete lockdown just because they've had a couple of... All their cases have spiked up and it's just like, nope, no one comes in and no one comes out of that state. Uh, and we don't right. really have that many ways to get in between the states. It's usually just like a major highway and that's it. Obviously, there's uh, all of the nothingness that you could walk across. But as for roads, we pretty much only right. have one or two ways to get it uh, out and in of every single state. Right. Well, I can I can understand, you know, because, you know for its health risk and health problems. I can understand that. But if they were to like if a state was to lock down a border mm -hmm. and not allow anybody to go across, you know, outside of the COVID situation, they would, they would not be able to enforce it because we've got so many back roads mm -hmm. in this country that actually there's, there's towns where half the town is in one state and the other half is in the other. So there's like no, no literal way they could ever enforce border mm -hmm. between the states. They could somewhat do it all around the country, you know, with Canada and, and Mexico, but inside the states, they'll never be able to enforce that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys also have a much more of a focus on, I guess, people's freedom. Whereas in Australia, if it's not like we'll listen to everything the government say, but if like, there's just a, thing where it's like don't go to victoria or whatever ever like that generally most people are going to just be like okay whatever i'm just not going to go to victoria whereas yeah as you were saying people going to different states to get a haircut yeah this is it's here we've we've got we've got how can i say this it's not that there's a lot of people that will do what the governor says or president or whoever and listens to the government everybody's wearing masks that's not the problem what the problem is is we've always typically for the last 200 some years we could go anywhere we want mm -hmm. whenever we want 
and nothing could say, you know, anybody could say anything about it. And if you're going to lock down a state and not allow, you know, free travel between the places, you're going to kill the economy, mm-hmm. your, your own local economy, because everything, not every local state gets all their food and all their merchandise from within the state. There's a lot of interstate commerce that happens in all 50 states. And everybody depends on everybody. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do that, you're going to have to lock down the truck traffic and the train traffic and the air traffic. And there's just no way to physically do that. So, Yeah, I, it's, it's a mess of a situation. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, but it's it's going to eventually stop. It'll you know it's not like it's going to be this way forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll get back to normal here. Another month, two months, three years, two years, whatever. Well, one thing that has slightly bothered me is people who will take they'll say like, look at Japan, look at South Korea, look at how well they've done. They have very very different cultures and they have very different structures of their country. Like Japan has basically eliminated COVID at this point, but. Yep. The, they already had a culture of wearing masks and they have a culture of, you know, listening to what the authority will tell them. Right. And also they just have I, way less people. Yeah. But the, that's one thing that's always been bothering me from the get go about the whole thing is that we were told there was going to be like 2 million dead by now, mm-hmm. just in the United States. And we've got a population of over 700 million people just in the United States. And we're just barely at 160,000 mm-hmm. dead. I'm not saying it's a deadly virus or anything like that, but some numbers ain't jiving here. Well, the, you know, the yeah, it it was believed early on that it was going to be way, way more deadly than it was, and it right. I yeah. understand that, but but the way the media reports it, mm-hmm. you know, most a lot of the people in the United States believe that we've lost 30 to 40% of our population already. And we're far from that mm. <laughs> with 700 million people. But it's, it's just, I think they've blown it all out of proportion because they report on so many cases each day, but they don't, they're not saying that, those are people that even have symptoms or even knew that they were infected. Yeah, we've got the same sort of problem here where it's just, when it was really bad here, it basically was just wall-to-wall news coverage. Like, oh, there's a new case mm-hmm. in this town, there's a new case in this town, there's a new case in this town, and nothing else is being said. Like, other things are still happening in the world. Right. Well, see, see, our governor, she was, she was, she locked down everything. She mm-hmm. started off really good with the, with when, when it's, when it's, first hit she was doing a good job and then she started doing stupid things like saying you could do this but you can't do that yeah like we, we were confined to your homes stay in your homes okay this is a respiratory illness let's put everybody into a room that won't that won't make anybody else in the room sick okay and then she did like new york did in a couple other states where they forced the, the senior citizens together that had COVID and were positive for COVID 
still made them go into the nursing homes with the unsick people. Well, there are other weird ones. Like I know there were places that were opening up bars, but they weren't opening up comedy clubs, even though they had the the same number of people that would be that would be in there. Like that doesn't make any sense. Still to this point, here in Michigan, mm-hmm. you can go to a bar and all of that, but you can't go to a gym. Mm-hmm. Why can't you go to a gym where there's 15 people in a 5,000 square foot room mm-hmm. and you're like 20 feet apart, but you can go to a grocery store with a six foot wide aisle and walk side by side with people that you don't know. Did but the, you can't go to a gym and work out on a mm-hmm. rowing machine that's 12 feet away from somebody else. Did the the farmer's markets ever shut down for you guys? I don't know. We've got a local farmer's market here in town. They shut down for a while. I think they were open a couple of weeks ago. Okay, because we never shut down our farmer's markets. And ours got real, like they were basically more packed than a grocery store because generally they're this like stalls are pretty close together. Everyone's kind of like bundled up together. So there's not, yeah, it's, it's not a good system. I'm happy right. that a lot of the supermarkets now are bringing back the like home delivery. That's a good idea, but it should have been there from yeah. the start. Yeah. What cracks me up is like, I'll, you know, I'm out driving, I'll be at a truck stop or mm-hmm. something and, and I'll see guys, kids, you know, Young kids to my age or older, they'll come in, they've got the mask on, you know, all bundled up, you know, looking like they're wearing a hazmat suit. They go in, go to the bathroom, stand there at the urinal, get done, flush the toilet, walk out, and don't even wash their hands. But they got their mask on. The mask is very important. So they're being sick. And it's like, dude, seriously. My favorite are the people who wear the mask, but only over their mouth. They have their nose Visible? It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm being safe. Or even better, the people who put the mask on just hang it around their ear. <laughs> yeah. They just have it there so the, they don't get a fine. Here in the States, you know, used to be you see everybody's got like the fuzzy dice or something hanging off the rear view mirror of the car. <laughs> now it's a mask. <laughs> everybody's a mask. And, you know, you'll see, I see this a lot. Mm-hmm. The, oh, what do you call it? Where one parent's got the kid for a week and then the next week the parent's got the other kid. Um, they swap. I know what you're uh, talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, work you, it out. You, you, I'll see them like at McDonald's or whatever. I'll be driving through the parking lot, you know, cutting through and they'll be dropping off one kid going to the other parents. You know, they'll get out of the car. The parents won't get out of the car. Mm-hmm. The kid will get out of the car with the mask on run over to the other car, mom or dad, whoever hugs them, they take the mask off, get in the car. Aren't you like supposed to quarantine for 14 days? If you're swapping kids from household to household each week, is that not like a carrier? I don't know what, like. (sighs) They were recommending that when you go get groceries, Mm groceries in the car for three days so that the you know the virus on the bags doesn't you know get transferred you know and then when you come in you're supposed to wash the bags and Mm. all this that's fine and dandy 
But what about clothes? Just soak all your clothes in alcohol. <laughs> I mean, people come in. I mean, at, at the at the height of the, the thing, there was a time when I'd get home because I'd been gone all week. Mm-hmm. There were a set of clothes there and a towel. Go take a shower. Join us when you're done. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't see them till I got out of the shower. Once everything was cool, you know, everything's settled down and nobody's getting sick. But there's, you know, there's, there's like our, our my, my friend that's supposed to be working, but he's off because he's scared. Technically, I can see because his wife is really bad with her autoimmune system. Yeah, okay. In that case, I can see why you'd want to do it. Want to bring home. And his dad is on oxygen and lives with him. So he's got to, you know, pay attention to that because mm-hmm. it's they're both high risk. So that's why he's not working. But there, he, he'll call us and talk on the phone when he gets away from the family for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he'll call us to you know, get back to normal. And he, he tells us that he'll go out to the store or something. He comes home and he's got to got to put the the boots booties over his shoes and then you know change his clothes put mm-hmm. the booties over his shoes then he can go in and take a shower and then you know, his wife makes him do all this shit before he can even come walking into the actual house <laughs> which is cool i understand because there she's high risk so he's got to deal with that but i don't know it's it's I understand being careful for the high-risk people. Of course, yeah. I've got but a if, few people who are a bit elderly in my family who I wouldn't want to be seeing right now. Right. My dad's 95. You know, I haven't seen him for several months, mm-hmm. but he also lives, you know, 400 miles away from me. Oh, that'll do it, but, yeah. But he, you know, he's 95. He hasn't been out. He used to go out walking at Walmart a mile every day mm-hmm. before this. And he hasn't been able to do that since. So he's griping the mostly about that because he wants to get out and walk. You know, at 95, that's your highlight of your of your life is walking. <laughs> but the, uh, the, you know, the high risk people, I can understand, you know, want to, want to wear masks and everything, but to force everybody outside in public where you're supposed to be away from everybody anyways to force everybody to wear masks is that's not not right if, if you're high risk you should be wearing the mask mm-hmm. if you're not high risk and you're not worried about it well that should be an individual choice the problem that i've been seeing is i can accept the mask i don't, I don't really care about that the problem i have are the places that we're locking down like walking tracks and parks and places where you can actually get outside places where you would be separated from people and you can just get some sunlight yeah they well they the scientists are saying that sunlight kills yeah i have been hearing the, that very weak, very weak virus you, you can kill it with just simple soap and but yet they closed our governor closed down lakes resorts campgrounds i can understand you know the campgrounds, you know, you typically got a playground there somewhere mm-hmm. and kids like to lick things like playground equipment, you know, 
kids are not exactly smart. Hey, look, I can lick this rock. <laughs> yeah. And and the but like she'll she you could go out. She's she went so far as to say you can go out on a boat mm-hmm. as long as it's not motorized. What the hell's the difference? <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't have an answer for that one. And she, there was at one point where she was about to open up everything up north because in Michigan, we call it going up north. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, because it's all wooded area up there. It's a lot of state land. People go camping, yeah. boating, a lot, of, a lot of outdoor activity up north. And that's like a weekend thing, tradition in Michigan. It was beginning of summer and she was about to start opening stuff up. And one dude at, at, a, at a press conference asked her something about getting sick. And the only reason, the only way he could have thought of that he could got it was off of a gas pump. Uh-huh. Because he, he put gas in the, in the car without the rubber gloves and was rubbing his face. And mm-hmm. that he thinks that's the only way he could get it. One dude, one case mm-hmm. like that report. And she shut it down for another month. Yeah, the lockdowns right. for you guys have been crazy. Like, we've had a couple of cases spike up here. Usually what happens when, like, when there's a case at, like, a school, they'll shut down the school for, like, two weeks. That's what they do. They don't shut down the entire state. Or, like, there was a case, I think there was a case at a gym, a school, and some other public area and what they did they just shut those places down for two weeks and that's all they did and then tell the people who were at that place quarantine yourself and that's what they did they didn't you know lock everything down we're taking a more i guess directed approach now rather than just saying okay well nobody can be outside that 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 makes sense like here our schools have been closed since the thing started and now each individual school's uh, district is making up what they're going to do planning for the next year. Mm-hmm. Most of them are like the one in Lansing, the capital. They're the entire school system's online. That's it. Yep. Nothing. No extracurricular activities, no football, no nothing. Here in our town, St. John's, they, you can either do online or you can attend. Mm-hmm you know, in class, in person. And my daughter's like, I want to go. I want to go. I want to see my friends. I want, I need the, the interaction, you know, but she's also scared to death of the rules and the restrictions and how it's going to be. And I tried, you know, her mom tried to explain it to her that it's going to be basically the same thing as last year, except you're going to be wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how would you even police that with kids? Like, because kids like to go up and touch each other a lot. Like, how would you? Oh yeah, you wouldn't really be able to stop that. No, no, it's that's what I mean. They're trying to. It's almost like they're trying to police personal behavior, Mm -hmm. and you can't. You can't police personal behavior. What you can do is try to educate people. And get them to and 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 ensue personal responsibility mm-hmm. to get them to make the choice to do it themselves, but 
that's where our society here has gone way wrong because in our school systems over the years, we've taught them that you're not responsible for anything. Mm -hmm. You, you fucked it up. That was so-and-so's fault. That wasn't yours. It's not the fact that you didn't do the work and actually turn in your homework. That was, you know, Billy Joe Jim Bob that, you know, asked you to go play, go play this game instead of actually doing your homework. Mm -hmm. you know, that's where we've gone wrong. And now we've got a bunch of a big you know, society where it's nobody's fault. Nobody's responsible. And we're supposed to give them for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you think, you think, God, you're an asshole. <laughs> no, no, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I, yeah. It's not as bad it's, here, but there's definitely a lot of people I know who are, they don't take responsibility for the problems that they cause themselves. They'll always try to find some reason why it's not their problem, why right. someone else should deal with it, or why just, like, it's it's a big problem with, um, well, with university, for one thing, there's a lot of people who make, or who like to complain about how, ex so our university system here is actually pretty great. Our loan system is really generous. And there's a lot of people who like to complain that, oh, the university system is too expensive or this and that. Like, people who make comparisons to the US system, where you guys actually do have a pretty fucked uh, university loan system. Um, <laughs> here, you don't have to pay a cent back until you make over 45000 a year. So you could never get a good job and then just never pay it back. Um, but these people who know what they're getting into and then know the risk that had kind of come along with it, then complain to someone else that they decided to do, like, they decided to go to university. There are other paths they could have taken. They didn't have to go. They could have gotten a trade. And, like, there's a lot... In my... Like, because I, I grew up in a fairly poor area, there's a lot of people who actually do have a lot of respect for people who go and work a trade. But then when I went to university, I got a lot of the people from... Uh, like the more poshy areas who have a bit more money who kind of look down on that sort of work and yep. who think that that's not really going to get you anywhere in life and things like that and think the only way to get anywhere is through university and then because they went to university they're going to complain about the system that they decided to join themselves. Yep. I never went to college, university. I did a month of electrical engineering mm -hmm. and I was like, this ain't for me. And then I went and drove truck and I've had a pretty successful career for 30 years and I don't even have a high school diploma. So, you know, it's, it's it is what you want to do. Mm -hmm. If it's become a passion, it will never be a job. Mm -hmm. If it's, it will never be a trade. It will never be a profession. If it's something you like to do, it will be your life. Mm -hmm. That's plain and simple. The But these people that go and they get $50,000 a year to a university to for eight years to study to become a doctor, and then they come out and they expect to be making... Seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year, 
working at McDonald's and you're like, you wasted your money, dude. Because <laughs> yeah, universities, they just... They have a purpose, but there's too many people who, who go to them as the default choice. Right. It's, it's, it's Yes, you can go that way if that's your passion and that's mm-hmm. what you want to do. But if you're okay with working a trade job, if you're okay with being a welder or a truck driver or, or a mechanic, if that's what you want to do, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not, you know, you, you got to accept what you'll get paid, what you'll get paid in that profession and in that trade. Cause you know, a software engineer will make a hundred thousand dollars and a mechanic will make 70 or 80. You're not going to make the hundred thousand as a mechanic but you're also not doing the same damn thing. Mm. But the question is, are you happy doing what you're doing? That's a big one that a lot of people don't really consider. Like, yeah, you can make lots of money as a software engineer, as a doctor, as a lawyer, but if you hate your job, are you going to really stick it out for your entire life? Exactly. Like, like if I'd stuck with the electrical engineering, would I be happy doing it now? No. Because I hate wires. And that was what I was doing was learning about circuit boards and things like that. I hate, I hate, absolutely hate soldering. Mm -hmm. There's nothing more. I mean, I can, I can do electrical wiring here in the house. I can do electric wiring on the car and the truck. Not a problem. But I, I, you know, I take I I look at a motherboard and it's like uh uh-uh, uh no I'll drive the truck. If you did stick with it, hey, you would eventually have to learn how to program as well, so Exactly. Exactly. And I, I'd you know, I I I don't know if it's just the way my brain works, but I cannot look at code and understand anything. I can look at commands for you know, a terminal mm-hmm. and I can understand you know, the pipe command and, and grep. I can understand that stuff. But as far as actual code, you know, if this, then that mm-hmm. stuff, it's like new, no, I can't do that. Yeah. It just blows my mind. <laughs> With enough time, you could probably get yourself to a, a reasonable state, but if you're not enjoying it, then you're not going to want to put the effort into it anyway. Yep. That's why this, that's why I like the, you know, like getting into why, you know, host and all that. I can understand how this, you know, Maria DB works on this and this. I can understand that. But actually writing a MySQL database or PHP or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> I can understand. I need this for that to work. Yeah, you know, I can. I can do that. Well, yeah, I, even after- in... Even inside of tech, there's parts that I have no interest in whatsoever. Like, I enjoy programming. That I, I find to be fun. But if you stick me in front of some networking equipment, I'm just going to be like, can I leave? Like, <laughs> I don't know how to set up a router. Right. Well, I like I like figuring things out. You know, like, if I've got, like, you've heard of Internet DJ Console? I'm going to Google it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a really cool... Uh, Linux only radio station DJ type stuff. Oh, that sounds pretty neat. And 
you can, you know, I, I like to figure out things with Jack and audio stuff because I like to play with audio. I like to record. I like to make music. I should eventually and look into Jack. It, it's act. It's you can, you, and it still works. But from what I understand, they're trying to work it into pipes mm-hmm. to pulse audio. So eventually, Jack's going to go by the wayside, I guess. Okay. So hmm. it's going to be mixed in with pulse audio. Falk TX is the guy that's doing it. He's the KX Studio guy, and he's like a genius when it comes to audio stuff. So. He probably does other stuff too, but I just know him from from KX Studio. Mm-hmm. And KX Studio's got like everything under the sun for Debian and Ubuntu. And but Internet DJ Console is I still love it. I miss it because it doesn't run on Ubuntu twenty oh four. And that's what I'm running now. And I wanna try to get it running on my Arco Linux, but it's just because I like it because I can I was using it to record my podcast, even though I wasn't streaming anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you could use it to record in FLAC, MP3, anything that FM, FFmpeg does. It'll record those files. And it just records it as you're doing it. You don't have to worry about anything. It's got a section where you could do your set up your bumpers, your idents, and just set up playlists. It's just, for me, it's the ultimate you know, DJ stuff. And I don't have a server to stream to because <laughs> MSP Waves just uses OBS. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool the way they've got it set up because you can stream to a server and then it automatically switches over to the next host, you know, so it just keeps going and going and going. And, you know, the live shows just roll just like like that. There's no no dropping of listeners or anything when you switch or anything. It's oh, that's actually pretty cool. Pretty- it is very cool. It's nice and smooth. I don't know how he's using it. I know he's using, uh, for the biggest part of the days that there's no host, that they just do random music from indie musics. Mm. And uh, that's running on... Uh... Ah, crap. I forgot the name. Anyways, it's it's a... It's free software. It's based on, uh, well, similar to uh, LibreTime. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of LibreTime? No. No. <laughs> it's all internet radio station stuff. Okay, yeah. That, this is not a, a scene that I've really looked much into. It's okay. Uh, Airtime was made by Source Fabric for a long time. And Libre Time is just the open source version of it. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's just freaking awesome the way they got it put together. Uh, they've got some big plans coming down the pike on uh, how to integrate it into the Hive blockchain somehow. I don't know where it's actually part of the blockchain or something. I'd, honestly don't know how they're doing it but it's just let let the the tech wizards deal with it exactly i don't care how it works just tell me what's cool <laughs> any more subjects uh 
Let's see, what do I have left? Um, uh, there's actually a another platform that popped up um, called Storyfire. Did you ever hear about that one? No, Is that what's a, this? Uh, it's a, a video platform that exists. Um, I'll send you a link to it. Well, it's that. it's another centralized video platform. Um, but they were pulling in a lot of the uh, big YouTubers. So this was actually really? made by a guy called Mick Jugger Nuggets. <laughs> Jugger Nuggets, <laughs> or at least that that's the guy who's um funding it, and he was bringing in like some real big creators. Like you've got uh, uh you've got Boogie. Uh, Keemstar, a bunch of other donut operators here. Uh, just a bunch of other fairly big names. Some ordinary gamers, just fairly big names on YouTube. And they just all suddenly join this platform. But huh. it doesn't seem like much is really happening here. The problem it has with bringing new people on is you can't actually go and create a channel on here without getting approval. Really? Yeah, so... Right now, it's sort, of, it's sort of still in, like, a testing phase, but the fact that they could bring in all these big people pretty quickly, I don't know, maybe it'll be something, even if it doesn't end up having... Uh, even if it's the terms of service are just as bad as Parlor, it still might be something. There's still definitely a spot, uh, a spot for these centralized apps to exist, even though a lot of decentralized stuff is getting really good now. But so is, I don't know. This, this is centralized. Yes. Or is it decentralized? Okay. It's centralized. Yeah. I was just trying to figure out what the what the draw would be. That I think the I I, I honestly don't know. It's sort of just YouTube, but I I don't know what is supposed to be the big draw here. Well, apparently the blaze button doesn't work, whatever that is. <laughs> well, that's very, uh, very useful, isn't it? But I went and made an account on here for both my channels, just in case, on the off chance it takes off. Um, just so I can have my name actually uh, owned by me. But I don't see it going anywhere because it... Sort of like with Parlor, where it got real big real quickly, and then nothing really happened because everyone stopped talking about it. Oh, Blaze's Blaze Points. Oh, yeah, Blaze is... Yeah, there's a... It's not a crypto. It's sort of like uh, how Twitch works, where they have the, like, Twitch points. Uh, okay. I'll keep an eye on it, but I don't really see it going anywhere. It doesn't really do anything that YouTube doesn't already do. And it's not decentralized right. or anything like that. It's just another video platform like Dailymotion. So it's just that's just the draw is another place to put your videos. I think the draw is supposed to be that they're not going to censor people like YouTube does, but you can't really uh, trust a random centralized platform to not do that. Nope. <laughs> I don't trust anything that doesn't show you the source code. Yeah, that's a fair position to have. Like I know what I'm doing when I'm looking at the source code, but it's you know, if it's they're open about it, I'm more accepting of it. Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, you, I, I know you saw the thing that uh, I 
retweeted over on Twitter just before, just before the show started. You sell out. <laughs> yeah, so um, <laughs> for anyone who hasn't seen the tweet, basically I did a video on the Vivaldi browser and it got retweeted by the Vivaldi team themselves and the video was called Vivaldi Explains Why They Make Proprietary Garbage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is, I love that I could get them to actually tweet that up. Uh, tweet that out themselves. That's honestly amazing. Basically, they they posted an article talking about why they don't make their software completely open source. And I wanted to see if, like how badly I could title it. And I've managed to get their response from it, which is great. Because it's sort of yep. a reference to an old DT video. Because uh, DistroTube did a video talking about how Vivaldi is proprietary garbage and why it's not actually open source. So I thought, why don't I just take that and mix that in and see what happens. And then someone made this beautiful image of me in a Vivaldi shirt and a Vivaldi hat, which is... You mentioned your profile. It is, yeah, it's now my profile picture. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I did used to use this browser. It is a, it's a good browser. Um, but... It's not completely open source. The back end is. So most of the important stuff is, but the UI code isn't. So I guess if you're not a fan of that, then yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently I'm a Vivaldi shield and I'm going to keep this profile picture until I get bored of it. <laughs> I, I've Honestly, I've never... I've, I've used, tried Vivaldi mm -hmm. once or twice and it just didn't seem any different than chrome to me so why there's a if you go into the settings there's a lot of customization you can make and that's sort of the big draw of it so if you're like messing around with uh, how your browser looks and stuff like that that's sort of why you'd use it nah. <laughs> so what are you running right now what browser uh right now it's firefox on my ubuntu studio and brave when i'm on arco linux okay yeah yeah, I'm I'm running Brave as my main browser right now. As much as I don't like running a Chromium browser, I do like my internet money. I, I'll use I use Brave on the phone mm -hmm. just because it's the fastest thing that I've gotten so far. Yeah. Um, I did find this one called Kiwi Browser. That rings a bell. And so far, I can as far as I've been able to find, it's the only mobile browser that actually uses extensions all right then uh that's yeah i can't think of another one that has them and it supports it's, most chrome desktop extensions huh yep that, i don't know why this isn't normally a thing that's actually really useful oh you can't even see it but i've got the hive keychain extension on it i i hardly use it mm -hmm. just you know because brave is faster but that is just cool to have extensions on a mobile browser. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I've never seen another browser that does this. There probably yeah, is one, Firefox. but I can't think of one. Firefox, Chrome, or Brave. Never, not, not one of them uses extensions. Nope. And I don't know why. I'm sure there's a reason for it. Maybe, maybe the speed problem is sort of why they don't do it. It could be. But it, it 
seems pretty fast. <laughs> I mean, oh, would probably help if I had my Wi-Fi turned on. <laughs> that might. So, uh, when you actually get your payouts of Bat from Brave, do you actually just let it sit there, or do you just not I just really let care? it sit there. Okay, yep. I honestly, I like my hive stuff. I understand the hive power, mm -hmm. and I try to put everything I can into hive power. But yeah, outside of that, and the bat and the LBC, I'm my LBC still sitting on my in my library. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what to do with with the crypto when I do get it, and. You know, my wallets are, they're just sitting in my wallets. Mm -hmm. I really, like, I, I know with, with library, I should probably go through and actually spend some on, you know, promotion and stuff. But, you know, it's like, like the, like the hive stuff. It's there. I'm yeah. Yeah. Just accumulate. I've got no real need for it. I'm not, I'm not in it for the crypto. I'm in it because I want to have fun yeah and stuff and eventually i will learn stuff but and learn what to do with it but like i said i'm not looking to make a payout with it so right yeah fun i think it's cool i'm <laughs> I, i'm enjoying this because i like i kind of want to be financially independent at some point so i'm building up investments and stuff like that so one right. day hopefully i can just be completely you know independent of anyone else which would be awesome that's that's a good long-term thought of it but you know like i said i'm not looking to get a build a fan base i'm not looking to build a, an income with it or you know anything i i've always done it just because it's fun to do well yeah you wouldn't be doing yeah. it for this long if you didn't find it fun that's for sure yeah it's 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 just like it's like driving truck to me it's like it's fun and that's why i keep doing it mm -hmm. so there's times that i really don't understand why i'm doing it mm -hmm. but it's like dude that's cool because every day i find something new that whether it's on hive or just crypto in general that just totally blows my mind the the whole concept of the d apps or daps however you want to call them is what really blows my mind if I could get a computer and all it was on it was, was dApps, I would be happy because then I would never have to go to a website for this or that. I just open the app and there it is. You know, yeah, I see, I know about Beaker Browser and IPFS, IPFS and all that. IPFS is cool, but it's slower than snot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what DTube's problem is, but I know BitTube has IPFS on the back end, so that might not be it. But BitTube's also tiny, so I know I know DTube. Their your videos are only technically visible for like seven days or something like that, and then they get put on the IPFS mm -hmm. where where it's it's if you're looking for older videos, it's pain in the ass to watch yeah for sure and if if you're uploading through ipfs 
dude, it could take two or three hours to upload a video. And it's like, no, that's not right, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but like on Hive, there's a, an, a, a D app called D sound mm-hmm. used to be on Steam, but it's on Hive now. Dude, I can upload an MP3, you know, one of my songs. I can upload that through IPFS and it just boom, you know, it's posted. And then I can go back on some other computer and it's still there and it still plays, but it's still using IPFS. So I don't know if they're using some kind of magic juice or whatever, but it might just be. Uh, the the other ones might just be using IPFS in a terrible way. I don't know. I wouldn't know how they're actually running it on the back end. Yeah, I have no idea either. So I just know it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, I might take a proper look into Hive. Um, I haven't really done much of a look. I just saw that it has the same sort of key problem that Steam has. So I was like, eh, eh. Well, but the, the major difference between Steam and Hive that I can understand. Because I was never on Steam, because I've only been on Hive. Because I joined right you know, seven days after the hard fork. Yeah, and there were only like four DApps, and that was Hive dot blog, Three Speak, um, Peak D, and like Pen Pen. Have you been here, Pen Maple or whatever? Mm-hmm. And it was. It's cool. And then it's just exploded in the last three or four months. And, but from what I understand, the difference is Steam, there was a group of individuals led by Justin's son that tried to take over everything and make it centralized. And like 99% of the developers, I guess, that's probably an exaggeration, but. They all they already had Hive set up because mm-hmm. they were going to fork anyways, and they just ended up forking. And the way Hive is is that it's there's no CEO, there's no one central authority. Everybody votes for a thirty people that you think should you know make decisions, the major decisions, which makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. As big as big as of a network that it's going to end up being, that you know is set up like a governmental type representative system. And, but the, but what, what the cool part about hive is to me is that there's all these different dApps that you can sign into with one, one keyword or one key, one password, whatever you want to call it. And you can post, I can post a video on three speak and my buddies that are over on peak D all the time is going to see that video. It's going to pop up in their feed because they're following Mm -hmm. me. They're not following an identity on each website. They're following an identity across a network. Mm -hmm. And that's to me, that's what the coolest thing is about. Hive. And I don't know if it was just a rumor on Twitter. I heard something about, uh, EOS or EOS or whatever you say, I believe it is, and Ethereum or whatever they're they're looking at partnering with Hive and making stuff work back and forth. But I don't know if that's true or not. It's a Twitter thing. Of course, yep. 
I have no idea. But if that is true, then you know, if we if we can get all these different blockchains to work together, do handshakes, whatever you call it, you know, and make all of these DApps work no matter what mm-hmm. crypto you're on, it, it, dude, that's just that's mind blowing. This is one of the the biggest problems with all of these different crypto projects, that none of them are compatible with each other. It's like, oh, we have this dApp ecosystem, we have this dApp ecosystem, we're all going to solve this problem by ourselves, when the real solution would be some interconnected network, you know, Mm -hmm. like this thing that we have called the internet. You've probably never heard of it. (laughs) Before I got in... To Hive and you know made a decision to jump on Hive. I was looking at all these things, and I, I was you know Ethereum. I'm like, dude, this is gonna cost way more money than I could afford to do mm-hmm. anything. With. It's gonna cost too much time, you know. And then I got to I, I saw I ran across Blockstack, and I'm like, dude, this got a lot of stuff. I joined Blockstack. I'm looking at stuff. And I'm going through all their dApps, and I'm like, dude, this is sweet. They've got this. They got this. They got this. They even got a freaking email on Blockstack, you know, crypt the blockchain email. That's fucking cool. And then I'm looking at it for like a good month, and I'm like, there's like no activity. It's just mm-hmm. the developers test post, test comment, test post, test comment, test this, test that. And I'm like, really? You guys got a podcast? You got a CEO? You got a couple of you, two or three YouTube channels, and you're all talking this up, but nobody's using it. Mm. And I'm like, it's not for me. And then that's when I made the decision because Hive was looking good. I, I actually, you know, I actually went through and I read the the stuff on Hive Hive IO about the you know statements and all that and the open source and their their policies and i'm like dude this is for me mm-hmm. and that's where i'm at and so far i honestly when i thought that i was going to get into was that i was going to get into a bunch of internet marketers that's going to want to try to sell me stuff mm-hmm. want me to buy bitcoin or or, or i was going to get into a bunch of bots you know that's just going to be tweeting stuff you see them on mastodon all the time of course yeah the bots that you know the, the tweet that toot the somebody's twitter account mm-hmm. mirrors it on Mastodon. i thought i was going to get a lot of that and what i found is a lot of people that are actual real people that i'm talking to and they're actually the everybody i've run across with maybe the exception of one or two have seemed to be genuinely interested in helping me to learn about Hive, how to use Hive, and how to better write better posts, you know, make, you know, be a better person on the social network. Mm -hmm. And you don't even get that on Twitter. You don't get that on Facebook. You know, you'll you'll find people on Twitter that'll say, your opinion's wrong. And it's, and there was, I'm not going to get into, I'm not going to name names, but mm-hmm. there's a rather large crypto influencer from Twitter that's on Hive 2 that I made a post about ugly footers. 
on a post. It's just geared towards content creators because mm-hmm. you see um, people on YouTube, library, everywhere. They've got three lines of description and then 30 lines of, you know, this crypto link, this crypto wallet, this, this, you know, donate here, donate. That's this, my description. Well, well I've, I've got no problem, but there's a <laughs> no, better way to work. I guarantee I, I completely agree with you. It needs some work. That's what my point was that, you know, there's coin tree, there's link tree. You just point to that mm-hmm. and make it shorter. And you can actually put some content in there, you know, and people they're interested in donate and they could go, go to your link tree or coin mm-hmm. tree, whatever, and donate to you there. But this chick crypto influencer thought I was singling her out mm-hmm. and I wasn't. And it was just in, you know, in general. And she was doing a live stream about how bad hive was. And as soon as I tuned into the live stream on Twitter, first thing I see is my face and that post <laughs> on screen. And she's saying, my opinion was wrong. And, and I was just like, Ugh. and I'd only been actually seriously posting on hive for like three days at that point. Mm-hmm. She didn't know who I was or anything, but she said, my opinion was wrong. And she since left Hive because I guess there was some rather away. no, there was some rather large whales that kept downloading her. That's yeah, that's my other problem I have with uh, Hive: the fact that you can, uh, if the whales don't like you, they can suppress you into oblivion. Mm-hmm. That I do consider that to be a pretty big issue. That is a very hot topic in all of the Discord servers, and how to stop it. Mm-hmm. So it'll come up in a hard fork sometime. Yeah, hopefully. I I know there's been talks on there's been like sort of talks on library about trying it out maybe, and I've I've just been saying do not do this. Like, nope. This is why Steamit has like the Steam Whale, uh, the Steam Whale, Steam bots. Like, there's a website that's just a list of all the bots, and that's how you do everything on Steam. Like, you do yeah. not want to get yourself in the, the same situation. Right. I, I just. I can understand the concept of the downvoting thing, mm-hmm. but it should, I don't know how you would take away the, I, I don't want to say take away the monetary content, but if you could take it off of, you know, get it away from ripping up somebody's reputation or whatever yeah, to, to where it screws with the person, it would, it would make sense if, I don't know, the the more of a whale you are, the less your vote means, so that it remains proportion mm-hmm. to like an average user, where you can still get the the monetary crypto, but your vote weight doesn't hold that much weight. Right. Okay. That's what I would see. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. So, like, even if you're a whale and you've got two million hive. Just because you've got two million hive power doesn't mean that you can upvote somebody really good, and your vote weighs more than somebody else just because you've got so many hive. That's that's that should be more proportionate to the time you you spend on the platform, the interaction. Because there's people that just go 
buy hive or steam or whatever and never post anything and they're a whale and they can make you or break you if they don't like you and that's that's not right you should have my opinion you should have so many so much interactions and actual use of the of the of the blockchain mm -hmm. other than monetary you know trading or whatever yeah you should actually be on there posting stuff like they call me dan he's the the investor i guess for three speak oh yeah okay but he's 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 big he's a whale but he's also on the damn blockchain every day all day yeah and he's all on twitter promoting it but he's not there for monetary gain mm -hmm. he's there because he's wanting the blockchain to grow mm -hmm. and he wants freedom so plus he hates youtube well yeah that's that definitely <laughs> does help doesn't it <laughs> well i think that might be a good place to end off the show because we've been going for a bit of a three hours now and i've got things i want to do the rest of the day you're thinking, you're thinking god damn it i thought this was only gonna be an hour i didn't think you could talk like this. uh no i've done four hour podcasts before so no i was meaning me oh you, oh yeah no i, I thought um it, you would have been tired after doing your other show plus it's getting a bit later there oh, dude dude i get to talking about things that i want to talk about that I, I i i don't shut up it's it's it, i'm surprised that i'm still married after 16 years <laughs> Well, hopefully next time I'm a bit less busy and we can go for as long as it happens. Right now I'm kind of in the middle of my uni semester and have assignments and stuff I have to get done. So I can't go six hours or something crazy like that. <laughs> well, one of these days, you know, if I can get, if, I, if, I, if you can get up early enough, I'll get you on in my the morning. show. Yeah, maybe. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't know. I might change time slots. I don't, you never know. Hey, if so we'll, if you do, oh, if you do, let Sorry. me know. I'll, I'll be happy to come on. Okay, cool. It'll be fun. Trust me. I'll bring out bring all my trucker friends with me. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll be an absolute shit show then. <laughs> Absolutely, it always is. <laughs> oh lord. So, do you actually watch much like YouTube content or content in general? YouTube, I watch, or on well, library or Hive or wherever. I watch library and speak three speak YouTube is a search engine for me. Okay. Yeah. So is there anyone who you feel deserves a bit more attention? Than they already have any name. You can yeah. Think on the top of your head. Just give me someone. I'll show them on the screen. Uh, Dixie pixel on or not Dixie pixel. I'm sorry. Pixie post on a uh, hive. She's on three speak. She's got a really cool, uh, she does videos Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And she's, I don't want to sound like an, an absolute dumbass, but she's a disabled person. I don't know if you call her disabled, but she's vertically challenged mm -hmm. and I'm trying to be cool. She Pixie's awesome. And then Jen, but she puts, Oh, some of the coolest, most uplifting videos talking about just being happy and 
she does a kind of like a blooper reel at the end of all of her videos. It's they're pretty funny. Um, another one is is PH eleven o two. He's on Hive also, but he's he does videos while he's taking his evening walk. Mm-hmm. So he's doing the selfie stick thing and talking. And I'm not sure where he's from. Pixie Post is from is in Nevada. Yeah. Here in the States. And PH eleven oh two is Norwegian, mm-hmm. I think. Or is it Portugal? Some it's in the it's in the European area. But he, he's cool. His name's Zoltan. Everybody calls him. And of course, on Twitter, there's Nathan Mars seven. He's just the biggest, baddest shrill for hive. <laughs> yeah, I think he's actually a a uh, artificial intelligence from the future because he he tweets twenty four seven. I don't think he actually sleeps. Yeah, there's a, a lot of tweets in here. <laughs> well, that is awesome. I will be sure to check them out, especially when I do eventually try out Hive properly again. One hopefully comes up soon. Um, I right now, I just sort of don't have too much time to invest in trying out something new. Right, I totally understand that. It's it's fun. It's different. It's just once you get into it, you get sucked into it mm-hmm. and you start doing all the daps and it's like, dude, this this can be me. <laughs> and I, you know, I'll spend more time with the library if people will start making more more daps, you know. Hopefully that does happen. And, and I hope it does. I just right now it's just the way it's lean and it's much more dependent on library incorporated yeah and that's just not for me <laughs> yeah I, but, it'll be nice when it does happen but i can see why you wouldn't yeah. be a fan of that but I, I just i gotta get some stuff uploaded. i'll get some more stuff uploaded in the morning before i take off so, mm-hmm. for the week as for I'll me get- i recommend checking out DistroTube. uh great channel i've been watching his stuff for a long time he's on library as well as youtube He's doing pretty well in library. I'm slowly catching up to him, and then he got a big boost of subscribers, and now he's 2K above me again. <laughs> so that's well, happening. He's TT. Yeah. One day I'll I'll bring him on this show. That'll be fun. I reckon I could have a fun conversation with him. Oh, I bet you could. You got. I would love to hear that between you guys. That would be cool. <laughs> I actually haven't seen him on anybody else's show. Uh, he was on was Big Daddy Linux a while back. No, Linux Spotlight, sorry. Like a year or so oh. ago, he was on Linux Spotlight. Uh, is he still doing retail or is he... I think he's still in retail. He hasn't said anything that about leaving it. But with how much content he puts out, he probably could leave if he wanted to. Well, I know he was saying something. He had a video here a while back about his re- he was on hold for retail or whatever okay because we didn't really pump up the content but if he's if, if he's getting making the youtube money he, he he's still putting it out well i know how much Pretty he's got, getting on patreon so just that is 
That just that's enough for me. I think he's over a thousand on that. Plus wow. the YouTube income. Which if we go by my numbers, I reckon he would probably be in the realm of two and a half, three thousand a month. That's not bad. It's definitely not bad for doing what you love. Yep. And I've got you ever heard of Leo Morricelli? The name's not ringing a bell. It's, it's he does uh Frog Leak Studios on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Frog Leaks he does like heavy metal cover songs. Oh, that sounds awesome. And the last time I looked was probably a year and a half, two years ago. He was getting four thousand a week or a video when he puts out a video every week. And that was just from Patreon, not count what he gets from YouTube. Mm-hmm. So he's he built a new house and a new studio with it last year. So does that tell you anything? Yeah, well do you Online media definitely scales pretty pretty crazily if you get in the high end for sure. Yep. Well, he, he does very high quality stuff because he does own a recording studio. Ah, so that'll help. Yes. He he is very good. He is astounding. Be go check out Prog League Studios. You'll thank me later. <laughs> if you're if you're in the battle, you'll thank me later. Uh, I definitely. <laughs> I'll be sure to check that out afterwards. So. Before we end off the show, uh, tell people where they can find you. Just look for Bonehead Media or Uncle Bonehead pretty much anywhere. Uh, boneheadmedia.com. Is, I'm letting it die. I'm just saying the hell with it. Yeah. Uh, the best way to do it, I guess, is Cointree, C-O-I-N-T-R dot E-E slash Uncle Bonehead. Mm-hmm. And that's got all of my links for anywhere I'm at. Cool. When is your MSP Waves show? That is on 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock p.m. UTC time every Saturday, mspwaves.com. Cool. And it's it's streamed on vim.tv, um, 3Speak Online, and Theta. I think they added Theta. Okay, that's cool. And there's also an audio-only stream if you just want to listen to the audio. So works great on a phone. Get a transistor radio app off of F-Droid. Works really good. <laughs> well, I'll be sure to leave links to all of your stuff down below. So if there's anything that you forgot about, just send me a link afterwards and I'll be happy to add it in. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Cool. So before we go, I would like to thank my supporters. So a special thank you to Joachim, Corbinian, Craig, Nathan, Andrew, Montezar, Joseph, Peter D. Rode, Tony, Donald, John, Marek, Mikkel, Spaghetti and Tays and Silver. There's too many names on this list now. I probably should cut out the $2 tier. Um, uh, also, if you're watching this on library or YouTube, there's an audio version available on Anchor, which will link out everywhere you can find audio podcasts. So, I, wherever I you want to listen to it, I, I don't really care. If you're watching the audio version, as I said, it's available on library and YouTube. And I have a main channel, which I upload properly produced Linux content. So, yeah. Properly. Pro- properly <laughs> produced. Produced, I will say, at all. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think that's everything for me, for us. I will play out the... What do you got there? Oh, you got the uh, feed up. Yeah. There you go. What are you listening on? Is that AntennaPod? That's uh, AntennaPod. Thought so. Yeah, I've been using the same one myself. 
I like Anzano Pod. Works pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty nice. I used to, I used to use Dog Catcher. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know what it was. It just started bugging me. Every update they came up with just looked uglier. Yeah, that's fair. To me, <laughs> on a phone, it's got to have looks. It's got to have eye candy. Yeah, for sure. Antenna Pod, it does the job well enough. It's not perfect, but it's as good as I need. Yep. It works. Pretty much. So I will play out the outro then, I guess. Yeah. Hello, friends. That's the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> perfect. It's the porn music. Thank you for listening to the Pornhub. <laughs> uh thank you guys for watching that's how we're gonna end off the show i guess <laughs> oh, sorry i had to say it i can't i, I just no, it's i was a, like don't do it no the, i was good I was, I was, the funk I was definitely do fits don't don't do it don't do it and i was like do it before he goes do it, do it <laughs> Oh, Lord. Thank you guys for watching. <laughs> Toodles.